0: Welcome to uh, Rowdy Reviews with Matt. I'm Kyle. And, and uh, yeah, we're uh, Rowdy Reviews, uh, many hosts of whoever just ends up on the microphone whenever whenever I let him speak. Today we're going to be talking about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about the movie <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a um, movie directed by Quentin Tarantino and starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Emila Hirsch, and just a whole bunch of other really, really good actors. And um, uh, let's see. So I'm going to start off with Matt. Matt, how would you describe this
2: movie? (laughs) Um, Well, it already starts with suspense, because if you go into this movie, you know about probably the Manson family, so you know something's about to happen at the end. So for me... It's a suspense movie with a bunch of comedy thrown in. I thought this was Tar- one of Tarantino's funnier movies, personally. Absolutely. What do you think, Kyle? Huh? Uh,
1: gonna... Well, I kind of I'm kind of with Matt on that because um, I thought it was really kind of almost unexpected. It was an unexpected side of Tarantino a little bit because it really kind of felt like it was more of kind of a buddy comedy, and you know, as far as violence goes, I mean it's. Probably one of the least violent films he's done, but uh, it also was uh, really well, really well done, and you know, just another Tarantino classic, man. So.
2: How would you describe it, Zach? Great point, man. This movie was uh, unexpected for sure. Um, I, I would kind of describe it just kind of, kind of like what Kyle said, buddy, buddy comedy, which I wasn't expecting. It's just kind of like a fun old-style hangout movie that takes place in the 1960s that's filled with a lot of nostalgia. And, I mean, it really feels like this movie yeah. takes place in 1960s. Well, I think a lot
1: of that stuff was like pretty realistic. Like, I mean, that, was where, like, that was a real restaurant. Like Those were real brands back in the day. Everyone smoked back in the day. Yeah. It was just, yeah, I thought it was like, I've mm-hmm. never lived in the 60s, but I felt, like, very nostalgic about it, too, like you said. Yeah, so super
2: nostalgic, and uh, I mean, I wasn't quite expect. I mean, I knew a little bit of the Manson story, uh, but I didn't, uh, I mean, I've learned a lot since the movie, I kind of looked more into it afterwards, the fact, but it's, I mean, just a great movie overall, as Matt said, one of the funniest he's ever made, I don't remember laughing that much, I mean, this, made, this movie gave, gave me the feels, so that's when you know it's a good movie. You, yeah, you laugh, you're, you're
1: surprised as long as it creates an emotion. Shocked, I mean, the it art got... has been achieved, I think. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a uh, so don't, the, yeah. The, the way I would describe it is uh, it's just two friends just hanging out, just on their adventures, and,
1: <laughs> and it ran, like having a, a having a good time, having a good time, and
0: one of the. One of the guys.
1: <laughs> I don't know that they were having a good time though. One
0: of, <laughs> one of the guys is struggling with where he's going to go in life, and the other guys just he is, gets himself into some trouble just because he sees some beautiful women, and he notices things aren't up, and he tries to get to the bottom of it. While the other guys just slowly deteriorating in alcoholism, but he's so <laughs> a good actor. Yeah. So um, <laughs> so
1: from there on, should we? Uh into spoilers
0: yeah so if you haven't well, seen the you- mdb describes is a faded television actor and a stunt will strive to achieve fame and success in the film industry during the final years of hollywood's golden age in 1969 los angeles that's just the brief summary that i've that i've read right now and uh, if you haven't seen the film now we're, we're going to spoil it so don't don't get all heartbroken if we're spoiling it for you because we here's your war- one and only warning um, and we're not apologizing for it
1: <laughs> sorry not sorry <laughs> i just said we go, i was slightly
2: disappointed usually in the tarantino movies he has the, the random opening scene mm-hmm. that established like the
1: like the feel of the, the movie main, bit. yeah the feel
2: yeah. and like the main actor just yeah. in randomly in
1: it this one was but a little more it. it was a little more of a slow burn i think like Django. yeah
2: where uh, christoph waltz comes and frees jamie fox but oh it's yeah, like yeah completely yeah. random and then yeah. also like the two characters are there or... you know
1: did you see the hateful eight because i feel like the hateful eight was kind of uh, also similar to this one and that it kind of all starts with them meeting a, a couple people on the, the road and then they all kind of get it gather into uh what do you call those like little uh like when they rode on the horses the little uh buggy, buggy yeah the stagecoach yeah but stagecoach uh, and it was so so it's kind of like starting with that and like a conversation it's a kind of introducing the characters for like the first 45 minutes before they even get to the yeah uh,
2: this one they're literally place. sitting on an interview and it's like hi um cliff or yeah, um, yeah 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 rick and then bam yeah
1: so so i yeah go ahead
2: so, so i'm just i'm just gonna start
0: off with like like where it starts off so it's, it's like, like what you said, it's like it's an infomercial and you see Brad Pitt's character, um, Cliff Booth, who is a stunt double for Rick Dalton, And that's played by Leonardo DiCaprio. And He pretty much goes and explains, like, you know, some of the stunts I do are dangerous and you wouldn't want the star of the movie to get hurt. And so it just goes off showing like a few wheels and that like, kind of gives an explanation over like the movies he's been in. Well, and it establishes
2: their relationship, really. It's like, mm-hmm. Rick's like, this is the guy that catches all the shit for me and has to do all the bad things and mm-hmm. suffer the consequences, and I'm just here being this the star. Is... <laughs> Doesn't he say, like, this, is this yeah, guy, yeah, this yeah. guy yeah, holds my load like, or something like that? Yeah, I like guess that. you could say that. Uh-
0: <laughs> and uh, Booth is, uh, is a war veteran, and <laughs> he is, uh, his clo- te- honestly, his closest companions would you say, is Rick, and it's football.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. oh yeah. It's
0: like that's, he's, a, he's a very simple guy. I don't think he loved his wife. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> getting,
1: we'll get to that. I so. feel like that's still uh, up for debate. <laughs> if do it or not. That should be a whole other movie in itself.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's yeah.
0: Spin-off TV show. Yeah, And so you see them drive away and they go out to eat and they go out to eat with Al Pacino, right?
1: Uh, yeah. He meets with uh, Al Pacino. Who's yeah. like, what is he? A, uh, like a producer.
2: Um, he's just an executive yeah in the movie
1: industry yeah and he pretty much says yeah. he's kind of like says, you're yeah. a heavy
0: you're just a bad guy that everyone just beats up
2: on
1: yeah pretty much just saying like his career's over yeah
2: he's just like a pawn like yeah. they just see what's his character's name in uh
1: that oh, bounty 20th. show oh oh he, whoa uh,
2: uh what's his last name Bound- yeah, but what was the name oh, of Boundary uh, Long? What was his character's name? Cahill. Jake Cahill. Jake okay, Cahill. They're
0: just seeing you kill
2: Jake Cahill. They, that's it.
0: They did bring up, too, like, uh, you know, he, like, because, like, you know, back, like, for years, like, actors couldn't switch from TV to movies and vice mm. versa. would literally destroy their career. And nowadays, that still doesn't exist because you yeah. see actors acting in TV shows all the time. But that's, like, at this era, you you, you like, you see that happening. And I just like will say this. I, it was very interesting watching Brad Pitt's character Cliff Booth, um, really like trying to make his uh, Bloody Mary a, like just soup, with the amount of like Tabasco sauce and
1: <laughs> oh, with the big huge celery
0: <laughs> stick that he mixes <laughs> it with. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's like, and he's introducing him to Al Patino's character. He's like, "This is my my friend." He uh, my car's in the shop, and he's like, and Quentin Tarantino, who's the narrator of the movie,
1: is like, "That's no, a no, lot. no, wait." No, it wasn't. That, it wasn't. Ed, I don't think it was Tar- Tarantino. I think it was Kurt Russell, wasn't it? Because I thought at first that Kurt it was Russell Tarantino was the narrator right at one point. In. Russell, Kurt Russell. Well,
0: yeah, I, I'm wrong.
2: Yeah, because Kurt Russell was so, in yeah, the movie,
1: which didn't always a, make sense. A,
2: yeah, but I mean, he yeah, kind of gets away with it. Movie, because...
1: but uh, yeah, the, like, why is his? <laughs> why is he yeah. the one narrating? I don't remember. Maybe he's got the right voice for it.
2: Yeah, and so. He knew the stories yeah. of the uh, i mean you kind of just have to go with I me mean, he knew cliff and he
0: knew Jay, or uh rick yeah and so after that uh yeah. rick dalton's crying and uh pretty much essentially sense of cliff blue's like pull yourself together guy come on like gives him his sunglasses oh yeah And they drive <laughs> off and he's just pretty much saying just trying to like hype him up and be like hey it ain't as bad as it gets. Man. I
1: feel like that's me uh, and you. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy, it's going to be okay,
2: man. It's like me at work. Like, how do I you hate this these stuff. patients? <laughs> I, I think we need to establish, too, that Cliff really is not that one anymore. Was, yeah, yeah, he just, just kind of hangs out.
1: He's just, just his buddy. And yeah, not really
2: doing roles where he needs them.
1: Especially uh, with that yeah. rumor. I think yeah. that rumor is kind of what's like what, caused it, right? Yeah. About his him and his wife. I don't know. Yeah. 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 So he's kind of a washed up stunt man, stunt man. With, a up. with a washed up actor.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're we're gonna get there, and so they're driving, and they drive to their house, and uh, Roman Fulansky, like you uh, you see Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski, like in their driveway, getting ready to go to uh, the Playboy Mansion for uh, yeah 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 for a Playboy event, which. Uh, Sharon Tate's played by Margot Robbie,
2: and
1: who was playing Roman Polanski's character? Yeah, I actually don't know. He didn't. He didn't have any. um, I don't know if he had 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 a lot of credits. He 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 like said like a few words. Yeah, when he looked
2: at the picnic table in the backyard, but that's about it. It Zach, do you know
1: if he's credited in the movie at all? He should
2: be. I mean, he. Yeah, Um, probably. But uh, I'm.
1: That's what I'm. But yeah, he.
2: But it's two up and comers. he, He
1: really didn't have much of a. I say in the movie anyways because uh, at the end of the day like the whole incident that occurred in real life you know with the manson murders he wasn't even there at the time when it occurred so the, i think i kind of preferred that he didn't really have any lines or wasn't a big part of the story other than just the beginning when they kind of introduced sharon tate yeah, i mean
2: it's so, just showing you have the those two people are like trending
1: upwards right right Rick polanski was backwards. like the biggest director at that time yeah. And Sharon Tate was hitting it big.
0: Yeah. And so they uh they go to this party at the Playboy mansion and they meet up with uh Jay Sebring. And you just like see how like they really hit the aesthetic of that era so well. Like yeah, the I mean, music just, and just the god Even awful.
1: the dancing. Yeah. <laughs> the dancing, was
0: poor just dancing, bro. free love era. Yeah, the yeah. free love era. And you see that Daniel who is that Daniel Craig looking
1: guy? The guy the Zach, who was that guy? That one that was like Damian oh, Lewis. you're talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about Damien
2: Lewis? He's like... I, da, it, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. He plays yep. McQueen.
2: Steve McQueen. I
0: liked his role because he's like, I'm going to tell you a short story. And he's like, that guy was married to her, engaged to her. She flew, uh, pretty much explained that she was engaged to Jay J. Sebring, but she went to England to film a movie with, with Polanski and then ended up shacking up with him. They moved to Los Angeles, and now like they all hang out all the time. That's
1: such an a odd... That seems like such an odd dynamic there. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, like the the ex fiance, they were engaged,
0: yeah, and yeah, so they held hands at one point. You probably. know, she
1: probably cheated on him <laughs> while she was working on that movie, <laughs> and, it ended, and then they're all best friends like, oh, I was like, that does not make sense to me, but I guess it was the free love era, man. So that was the free love era, it's just, man. It's just exactly. Kind of, you exactly. Know, it's a European thing, I, and so.
0: The it cuts to the next scene where um, yeah they're like driving to the movie like in the movie set and uh, Cliff drops off Rick. And Cliff's like, "Hey, uh, find out if you need some more work or whatever." And Rick's like, "Just like being honest, like everyone, no one's really happy with what happened last time." And also, you they they, they think you killed your wife, guy. Come on, and so he drives off and uh rick's like oh yeah my tv antenna blew off the roof so cliff goes up and um starts repairing and takes his shirt off in a true stuntman fashion uh splinter cell jumps up all the way to the roof um takes his shirt off cracks <laughs> yeah, open yeah. a beer and then uh reminisces <laughs> on um what happened so i guess that
1: ruined um, his career okay, basically yeah. <laughs>
0: where his career fell apart essentially yeah. was at the green hornet he decides <laughs> to fight
1: bruce lee b- destroys a uh <laughs> Some, just, someone's vehicle, the wife yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of uh, Kurt Russell's character, yeah yeah, ruined her car.
0: Yeah, and also
1: just listen to a segment
0: like where he goes over the story of the possibility he may have murdered his own wife, and it's
1: just his wife just The thing that like kind of threw me off with that is like I felt like they left it open to interpretation because you hear like this big, massive wave approaching them as it cuts from that scene yeah like did she get wiped out by some wave or something on the boat and it just like drowned like never was found or yeah. like did no, he actually kill her about that
2: though is when he climbs on the roof he's just thinking like man rick doesn't even like me like yeah. what am i doing here and then he flashes back to that <laughs> and then
1: after that scene he's like oh <laughs> he he kind kind it. Of, <laughs> yeah I, I like how he kind of just like laughs it off like oh yeah <laughs> Talking about that
2: after the movie, <laughs> just saying how that was probably like to us the funniest part of the movie. But, you know, you that know, was a funny part. Times, like when we felt yeah. like, oh, like why, yeah. are, why, are these people wronging us, or why are we not getting this? Oh yeah, yeah like and we just like, oh yeah, we right. deserve it. <laughs> yeah, like I, I. <laughs> Rudy, can you relate? <laughs> yeah, I, was, like, <laughs> like, I,
0: was I was like, as I get older, like, man, you know what? I literally understand why that guy doesn't like me. I definitely did some, t- did some like suspect stuff. Yeah, I could
1: see it. I was yeah. like,
0: I was like. <laughs> man you know what i I have pissed off a few people my day and once he does that you see an ice cream truck roll up and it's uh damien herman who plays hostess was it hostess yeah it was a twinkie truck man those are
1: old school
0: it's charles manson going to palancy's house looking for the previous owner fun fact uh the guy that plays charles manson in this also will be playing it playing the charles manson mindhunter
1: but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The more you know, I also,
1: heard about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> <Good>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. like what August 16th, August 16th. you prepared. Wouldn't that be unfortunate if you're an actor
2: in Hollywood and they're like, and, hmm, any Charles? Oh, yeah, Charles it, it's
1: already over because he's playing the same character twice on two different shows. It's over for him,
2: yeah. That's so, yeah, that's the last.
1: There, uh, that happens, and so,
0: like uh tate sharon tate's getting ready to like go out on the town i guess like you, like there's a montage or, yeah they're just
1: like doing laundry or something paul like, revere
2: you know. was it was it paul revere in the radio yeah, right? because you, you, yeah. you commented that's right that. yeah, yeah i saw them in branson they they were like oh, yes. 70 oh my gosh <laughs> <We've been> <laughs> <youngers>. <laughs> they're,
1: they're probably pushing 80 too almost god damn i mean that gotta be
2: Bill Medley from the Ratchets Brothers who sang that song from Dirty Dancing. The you the time
1: of you Life*. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's Zach's favorite song, right, Zach? That's great, <laughs> man. That's a classic song. Classic <laughs> movie. Song? No, he doesn't
2: know anything. <laughs> Do you know anything about it? It's a good You're talking about the Dirty yeah. Dancing song, right? Yeah, that's a classic song. I mean, I am <laughs> just it, kidding. It's, I,
1: I, it's I told a good you time I'm in that movie. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: What's new? Yeah, so like you when you see like Cliff Booth driving around, you see like a bunch of hippies walking past him, and one of mm-hmm. them is uh Margaret Qualley. If you've seen The Leftovers or uh, Death Note,
3: mm-hmm.
2: she plays that, and this is probably her most upbeat character I've ever seen her play. Yeah, and she keeps singing. Like this is like the second or third time you've seen her in the main eye contact.
1: It's probably the hairiest role she's had too showing off her armpits like
0: that <laughs> and uh you see city sweeney and if like she's in handmaid's tale she's in everything sucks and she's in like the new hit HBO show euphoria and this is probably the she probably just woke up didn't put on makeup didn't shower and just walked onto
1: the set and that's how so, screw it <laughs> ah. <laughs> i give up <laughs> no what i one thing i did kind of want to comment was like um I don't know, Zach. Did you notice like in certain parts of the movie, like where uh the like Tarantino's kind of shooting at like um like a it's almost like a cockeyed angle, like just it's like it's almost like a very subjective view. So it's like kind of trying to illustrate, um I don't know, what what do you think it was cause they showed like the Manson family going through like the dumpster and it was like showing this like kind of weird camera angle. Like, it, it, had a lot like of, it wasn't straight on. It was like crooked, it was like,
0: like up to the like, uh, like yeah. facing up or facing down, like.
1: But I I don't know if like what if that's to create some sort of unease in the moment or. I,
0: I it could have been creating unease because like the thing I hope this film doesn't do is glamorize Charles Manson
1: and it didn't. I thought it did a good job of that.
0: Yeah, but you never right. know no yeah, bro.
1: Like, yeah, but Charles Manson had one part of that movie. He he did, and that that's, and that's that was like, it. Everything it, else was on the people that actually committed the murders yeah the mortars so i thought i thought it was nice of them to how uh (laughs) (laughs) you're scaring me man. i'm I'm scared
2: and i think they did a good job of honoring i mean uh of sharon tate i mean i was looking at some of the behind the scenes stuff because sharon tate's family um Gave permission; they were okay with it. The Quentin Tarantino went to their house and was talking about the role and everything. Because she's basically just—it's just her living her life, and it's well, she seems like a really bubbly, um, in a different kind of like bubbly, sweet personality. There's
0: there's a funny thing about what you just said. Not really funny. It's like I remember I was I was listening to this one YouTuber discuss. There's three Sharon Tate murder movies, like Charles Manson murder movies, coming out this year. Yeah. And one of them's called, I believe, The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Oh, and the family- oh, I heard about that movie. I heard it was terrible. That's a horrible idea. The family was offended. And essentially the director was like, well, I was alive during that time. So this murder affected me as much as it affected you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did not pull that. <laughs> not even- no I read the article. And I was
1: like,
0: you got to be kidding me. My guy. You just
1: got it. <laughs> Wait, oh, I was gonna bring up something. Go ahead though. And so I can't remember now.
3: There
0: so Sharon Tate's is essentially walking to the movie theater and it just shows her picking up a book for Polanski.
1: And... Also a Polanski movie later done in yeah. his career to honor Sharon Tate, Tess.
0: I just really enjoy that there's, like, three, there's, like, three segments of that day going on. Like, she's going to the movies, and she essentially gets in the movie for free by saying, like, I'm that girl.
1: Yeah. And, well, that kind of, like, made me, like, were they kind of poking fun at her a little bit? Because the person that was at the front didn't know who she was. Like, she was like, oh, you're the actress in the movie? And then... She's like, oh, uh, okay, and then they take her on in, but before they do, she wants to get a picture of her, and she's like, oh, uh, and can you stand by the poster so uh, people know who you are? Like, then did that kind of seem like they were, like, kind of maybe throwing shades at? It
0: could have been just throwing shade like, how dumb something <laughs> Are you sacked? What?
1: Are you sacked?
2: oh i didn't i didn't hear you say my name (laughs) i
3: didn't
2: i didn't even hear you say my name um i don't i don't think that they were throwing shade at her necessarily i think it was just about her being an up-and-coming yeah. actress and, and showing that, you know, she this is her at the beginning yeah, of her true. career. And if that's think, the tragedy of it. I mean, that's the sad thing of it. It's just her just trying herself, to yeah. rise as a star and make a name for herself.
1: and Which she and was now, doing at that you know, time. So. They're not, yeah. Yeah, I yeah that. she was. What do you think,
2: Matt? About, I can hear that. About what Kyle just kind of... oh that's
1: right. <laughs> Well, was yeah. yeah well uh yeah uh, the bat- i was like that's right um,
2: Does it? i mean i liked everything except her putting our dirty feet up. You notice, oh like, dude
1: that was all, all was the, the that girls awesome in that so was the girl that was uh what's that character from uh the leftovers uh, Marty.
0: Uh, uh yeah but she's walking around dirty like she's a hippie she... you expect yeah you expect that for her feet were just so
1: dirty. So, is she making a comparison there to uh, hippies no. and uh, people oh, in Hollywood? That
0: dirty. I, I wear sandals every day. Look at my feet.
1: Look I'm, at them. I'm, I'm just saying, maybe that is a visual um, association that Quentin Tarantino is trying to uh, portray in the movie. Not. I just have you, uh, Kyle.
2: Have you have you guys seen the Quentin Tarantino foot fetish like threads no, and like, videos on YouTube? If you look, there's like a whole thing about Quentin Tarantino and feet. Looking oh, back at his filmography, yeah, I was he has a weird fascination with feet, and he shoot the way he shoots them. I mean, there's a lot of I feet do not in this movie. That. It, it's surprising. I mean, I was watching Kill Bill recently, the first That's one, right. and I was watching him shoot yes. from Uma Thurman's like you know, par- not gathering the feeling back in. She them. kind of is yeah. at the beginning. Getting her feeling back in her feet, and she's like staring at her toe and trying to get it to move. And I was like, "Oh my goodness, he does have like yeah. a thing for feet. I can see it in this movie." Yeah. But that's interesting. I, like, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's really why he's got all this feet in this movie. Is just because he. I don't know. I don't think <laughs> like, he's ever really explained it. I've never heard him in an interview explain why he's he likes. He's just one of those. He's just one sick there. pup.
0: <laughs> and
2: so. To so cut, cut yeah. away
0: from that, you see well, – honestly, which is, like, one of my favorite uh, parts of the movie is Rick Dalton's character, Leonardo DiCaprio, on the set of this new movie, uh, another movie he's acting in with uh, a younger actress. And I know Matt was commenting on this about how he was able to switch from just like, crying to just being a normal person and just, like, the dialogue between him and Trudy.
1: That was some of the best dialogue. In that the was movie. honestly, that
0: was honestly. Would you agree, Matt? That was like some of the best dialogue in the movie, was him and Trudy talking to each other, and he's just breaking down, explaining like that this. Trudy girl
2: was like awesome. Though. I thought that so first too. Was oh amazing yeah. Amazing in a role, but yeah, when they're yeah. doing that scene where they're doing the ransom scene, mm-hmm. and he finally did his. I'm not drinking anymore. Drinks the flesh
1: <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and then he just throws, he it, throws it against it the trailer. In. Yeah,
2: but um. After they do that scene, like he's so serious, and yeah. He's like angry, he's... and then once they say "cut," Leonardo DiCaprio starts instantly like crying, like yeah, yeah, tears. Yeah. I was like, to go through that many emotions,
1: yeah.
2: Being able, being able to pull out the tears, like mm-hmm. that acting was a plus.
1: It was believable. It was very believable too, because like in the trailer when I saw it, I was like, I didn't really know what was going on with that. But then it's like you kind of get the backstory. Like, yeah, he's kind of a washed-up actor. You know, has some alcoholism and struggles. <clears throat> <laughs> Dude, okay, a lot. He it's like you you had to have what what was it? What were the drinks called? Eight What were those called? Whiskey eight, eight whiskey sours. You <laughs> couldn't stop at three or four. But uh yeah, so it's kinda gives a little more backstory <laughs> to it, which makes it a little more oh, funny. Man. It was just like his acting
0: with Trudy, that little girl, was just amazing. Like she's reading like a Disney like like some Disney book and he's reading, like, a Spaghetti Western book, which, yeah, yeah. fun fact, I read a lot. Of, like, in high school, I read a lot of those books. I was like, like, Shane and, like, The Red Pony are two of my favorite books I ever read growing up. It just seemed really, like, and I, I don't know why. I would, Like, I love Westerns because, like, I didn't, like, grew up in Western culture. Well, I literally grew up in the suburbs.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I love how he, when he was describing the book about the Bronco Buster. He's just, <laughs> you beat like, her Bronco Bronco Buster.
3: He's <laughs> like, <he's laughs> just... Yes.
0: <laughs> he wasn't the best anymore,
2: yeah.
3: anymore.
0: that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tree like is like comforting. I'm, like she's like a grown woman in that situation. Yeah. She's like Sally Draper she's and Matt event, adult, yeah. just being the adult in the situation.
2: Yeah. She was an adult in all like of her yeah. role in the movie, though. She's all the time just, like, you see explaining her explaining to yourself, like, "I'm a method actor." I'm like, "Yeah." That's well, the only time you see her like act her
0: age is when she gets thrown to the floor and is like, "I wasn't too hard with you." She's like, "I wear pads." I throw yeah. myself on the floor, even when I'm not acting. <laughs> and she goes up and talks to the other her son double. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. the one time you ever see this little girl act like a little girl. Other than that, she's yeah. trying to act like a full grown woman taking care of this clown ass adult male.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, I
2: I did see going back to you know when Le- Rick Dalton's going kind of going crazy in that one room. I did see an interview with Quentin Tarantino. Uh, he Quentin Tarantino was a big fan of this one actor in like the fifties, late fifties early sixties. He was a you know a Western uh, TV actor like right. Rick Dalton is, and I guess he had a problem with alcoholism and addiction, and I guess uh, he ended up mm-hmm. committing suicide. And they realized after the fact now he probably had some type of bipolar disorder, and so when they were creating the character character for Rick Dalton, um, Quentin Tarantino showed leo that actor and told yeah, yeah, the yeah. story so there may be some underlying bipolar or some type of uh, mental illness that well, he's dealing with as and well, in that scene in that he's scene. like at the end of he's
1: like if you don't know your lines i'm gonna blow your brains out tonight so he was yeah like, exactly he gave that and they didn't
0: that 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 was such a when he's saying that he's like he's looking in the mirror and it's like the mirrors pointing to the audience yeah and i was like
1: yo don't throw at me yeah. leonardo okay? <laughs> I will fight you. I don't want to beat you up, man, because I really like you.
3: So I was
1: like, you, you, you don't make me do it, guy. Come on. And so,
2: and so a way a way to self medicate was just him yeah. kind of pouring his sorrows, you know, which is kind of tragic, but it was also kind of yeah, funny like, the that was way like, he. It was a dark, scene kind of too.
1: comedic moment. In you the could
2: have
0: played the song "Hurt." And it yeah. wouldn't fit in just, just <laughs> yeah. any any scene where he's sad and drinking. Just play the song "Hurt," yeah.
1: and you will do no failure. One other thing I did like about it real quick, and then we'll uh, move on. But um, <laughs> I <laughs> I really like the kind of the the quick cuts, like how they're given, how Tarantino like gives, like how Leonardo DiCaprio was in, like the previous movies, like all these like little trailers, and that M- that NBC oh, yeah. like that the bell like din, din, din. like old school like graphics like that was like spot on i thought especially the way it was shot like i thought it looked really realistic and t- to that time and day
2: well i was listening to an interview there quentin tarantino and leonardo nocats were doing and mm-hmm. they were just saying how like he was like you could put this up with anything on like tv and probably mistake it like, oh yeah the two
1: like, oh it was were, totally believable really hard on making it and uh authentic tarantino's such a cinephile like he knows all those old old movies like knows how they went about making it i mean so it's pretty impressive the way he he's recreated it in that world so
0: and and then so
1: for move on there we move on to back to cliff booth
0: who's driving around and he picks up pussycat who is played by margaret quilly i can't really pronounce her name and Essentially, like, I just thought it was funny. So, like, she's like smiling, being all giddy, oh, yeah. and then the police like drive by and fuck you, pigs, pigs,
1: like, yeah, like, there was like, <laughs> a big disconnect with uh, like,
0: hippies. Whoa, okay, you really can get really aggressive really fast. Dude. Yeah, yeah. And then he like drives by her, and she's like, I need to go to wherever, uh,
1: yeah, she becomes all flirty again with him, <laughs> and,
0: and she just like says the name of the ranch or whatever. Spawn so, Ranch. Spawn Ranch. Spawn Ranch. Yeah. And which used to be where
1: he would film movies because he was bounty yeah law.
0: Bounty, bounty law
1: bounty law old the uh, the old uh owned George, it George, George Spawn it was his Spain. ranch where they would shoot George Spawn yeah no longer really active yeah, not at all.
2: yeah they get there and it's just you see all these hippies yeah. like or they just like setting up here or mm-hmm.
1: what? so like yeah he, that's where he drives her too right because yeah, that's, that's like, kind of how it
0: they're having a conversation right? and she's pretty much like hey can i perform a very physical act in a romantic manner on you and he's like
1: no he's <laughs> like are you 18 <laughs> 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 which you don't have because you're not 18 yeah
2: and so he, i was like man you know what respectable guy
0: you know what yeah he,
1: he was my favorite character in that movie by the way his, like, his aesthetic i and when they got to like the spawn ranch, and like that's where he starts inquiring, like, Hey, is George? Is George right? Was that his name? Yeah, George. The, like the old guy that owned the ranch. Is he it was like, Is he around? Because I used to, you know, I used to be a stunt on over here. I know the guy. They're building so
2: much. They're building. On this. I,
1: which I thought was impressive because, like, on one note, like this is a comedy and then it like, kind of builds that suspense. Like, this is just very mm-hmm. versatile. And then it's like, I was just like worried that Brad Pitt was going to. Die there though. For some, I was like, "Oh no, what I are was they gonna do?" That
2: in the movie, like, oh, man, don't
1: gonna, let! I don't like, want him to die. It's like, there's no way
2: they can kill
3: him off.
1: Come on! No,
0: like, his... no. But not, then, you yeah. gotta look at who's there. I, Lena Dunham shows up. i like, me. Oh, no, oh no, it's man. over. <laughs> it. oh, yes. no. Because like, I guess it's a horse ranch, so like people yeah. do horse tours. Right yeah, yeah, they would do
1: horseback riding tours. But that's authentic though. Like, it was. They actually family, did it.
2: Like, that's how they made a lot of their money.
1: And they, they, in real life, by the way, they got to george charlie kind of like charles manson i don't like home charlie but he kind of like got talked him into letting his people like be on that ranch and he would like lure lure him with sex and like he could have been the most beautiful women he wanted and they that's how they were able mm-hmm. to live there for like for basically free and um, yeah and so that's I like
2: that. oh you can say it's, you talk go ahead about zach that. oh sorry i was just gonna say yeah they, that was Actually, I was looking at all the facts on that. Like pretty much all the stuff that happens, all the kind of time periods that Quentin Tarantino takes you through are it's pretty, pretty accurate. accurate. Yeah, even a point where you know Charles Manson shows up at the the Tate Sharon Tate house. That was a real thing. He really showed up there like uh, two months or so before the actual. Mm murders took place he was he was looking for his old movie producer terry Mel- melcher right Terry, yeah melcher. and then when they get to spawn ranch that's a real place and mm-hmm. they really did have george spawn you know with
1: the ladies so that way yeah. he, they could live there and that's where they planned their murders and i stuff. yeah i never knew that story like that's where they they, they gave horseback to, uh, riding tours and like stuff like that i didn't even know who george spawn was i had no idea so uh, yeah um cliff starts to like so yeah he's like kind of going well cliff's
0: ex-military and like we don't know the extent of his career like he might have done some badass stuff from what we know but like having like a father that was in the service my dad is really weird when it comes to like my dad gets the heebie-jeebies about certain things and i can tell that Cliff investigates yeah cliff's like so is george in that house right over there and they're like what's nap time and george is like nap time
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they did. yeah, I didn't realize that was a real thing in real life because it We're sounded so ridiculous. Later, and if he doesn't have his neck, <laughs> won't be up, and then I'll be mad. Yeah. <laughs> also, that that character though, Squeaky? Dakota Fanning. Yeah, it's Dakota Fanning. <laughs> which I did not realize the first time around. She looked way different.
0: Yeah, way no, different. They, they
1: pretty much said like your makeup, no makeup, don't shower.
0: Um. Yeah. Uh, essentially, like I when I looked at those cast of characters, I felt. Like, I was reminiscent of my time of living out of my Toyota Camry. I was like, man, you know what? I could have been in this movie.
1: Well, and I think it's realistic because they said, like, a lot of those people that were part of the family were on drugs. They did a lot of drugs. And uh, Charles, that's how kind of Charles Manson, like, was able to get control of them, kind of, like, you know, take advantage of them and, uh, you know, manipulate them. And they said they really don't remember Charles Manson ever having really seen him taking drugs. So it's like he was smart, like like he kind of knew what he was doing there. Like he was he was playing them
2: just because he didn't do drugs.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> smarter than me, right? <laughs> that,
0: house so that house is so doggone disgusting. There's a dead, there's a red oh, still yeah. alive.
1: Oh, that was so. I mean, do you all
0: know how to do dishes? I'm like, yeah. Y- y'all are just gross. I was like, this is worse than my college
1: dorm room with.
0: Any of the roommates I ever had? You guys are just gross.
1: Just and gross. That's sque- rude.
0: That's squeaky. squeaky was rude. Squeaky was like, I, I, I banged his brains on this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then he's like, he's blind, by the way. <laughs> and so Cliff goes in there and is like, hey George. He's like, what? Do I know you?
1: Yeah. The conversation basically goes nowhere with George. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, who are you? <laughs> No, I no, think no. It's like, exactly. Like of you? Are you okay? Yeah, or so like... it kind of showed you exactly like what the person. what the relationship really yeah. was. They didn't know each other that well, but he wanted he was on he was uh, onto these these hippies. Cliff, Cliff was a good guy. He's just kind of an asshole, you know. I wouldn't even say I don't know he was an asshole really either. I was a decent guy. Overall. I saw a
0: lot of my father. He's just a good guy. Yeah. Like, he's just a simple man, you know. Yeah.
1: He likes his beer. My dad likes his soccer and cheese.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, my dad like my dad likes to smoke Coronas He <laughs> likes his Guatemalan yeah. beers But yeah. he when he gets that funny feeling He has to investigate And Cliff investigated it And he's like that red out there And he's like did you not realize I was blind
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what color her hair
0: is <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Her name's Squeaky And yeah. uh, she makes me take a nap And if Because uh, she doesn't want me to fall asleep When we watch FBI Yeah,
1: And she's oh. like so, he basically corroborates her story.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I guess that really was really true. Yeah, and she's like, she doesn't really do anything to him. She's like, she just gets angry at him. He doesn't like it. I was mm-hmm. like, are you
2: freaking kidding me? I was like. Yeah. But then that
1: kind of wraps up. Like, so he just Cliff's walks like, out. like, fine.
2: Right? This is, these people are weird, but. Mm-hmm. but yeah. the family didn't take a Like, I don't understand why the family was so upset with him. Like, oh, I know George. All right, I knew
1: George. I think it was just Tarantino's way of, like, creating more suspense there a little bit. Yeah. To. You know, keep the movie uh, some, interesting. Some skinny guy. So he's walking to his car and
3: uh, uh, cats
0: yeah, like, yeah. I'm not blind. You're blind. Everyone just starts heckling him. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he sees that his tire like someone stabbed a knife in his tire. But the fun Rick's fact. Tie. Rick's tie. Rick's Yeah. Something I knew something was going to happen because when I saw it was it was a male hippie with long hair, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I movie. noticed there
0: was a knife in his belt and I was like,
1: Oh, funny. Tarantino giving a little giveaway uh, there. Yeah,
0: and, and I was like, well, I carry a pocket knife too, but it's yeah, he reveals
1: it on the camera. It's yeah. uh, kind of telling a story within itself, right?
0: And so he looks at one of the hippies and he's like, Fuck you. And he's like, No, you're going to change. <laughs>
1: and then that's when he goes and punches him.
2: He just, he's like, you know, and honestly, he eye that's for an eye. Great, that's the best, like, reaction. Go change my tire. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah. Lucky for you, I got a spare and pull that <laughs> out
2: and change it. No, fuck you. And then, and then it goes and just Molly
0: rocks him twice. Oh yeah. And like, you step any closer, <laughs> so to hit the girls. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Make, like, oh yeah.
0: If you step any closer, I will knock his teeth out. Yeah. And I don't know, Lena Dunham's character is like, or someone's character is like, uh, go get.
1: Yeah, it was Lena Dunham's text. character.
0: Do so a text. Yeah. And I was like. God, Lena, get out of here! It's like you ruined girls' that show. Don't ruin this for me. She, she made, made girls. <laughs> she ruined season five instead. <laughs> By the she way, I made season one. The- <laughs> oh, God. I'm still better about girls, Lena Dunham. Besides the point, and so Rex shows up, and the child. Tex shows
1: up. Yeah, so uh, for those of you that don't know, Tex Watson was the main one who did most of the killings in the real story, right? Yeah. Yes. But, uh, mm-hmm. So he was. Yeah, he was doing the horseback riding, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, he just looked like a dude that was a member
1: of some indie band. Yeah, a little bit.
0: I was like, this guy could have. Well, looked. he was just good
1: old Texas boy, right? Yeah.
0: The only movie. Yeah, the only movie ever Solomon was the movie dude on uh, Netflix. At
1: first, I thought it was uh, what's his Adam Driver because I thought it kind of looked like him a little bit. And the
0: Driver but came to go hang out with Lena It did a little time. bit.
1: Yeah. But... And so that happens. And uh... so it creates more tension because he's like going to try to get this guy before he's able to take off.
0: And, he just, and so it leads on to the next. So, where uh, essentially it's the third act, Rick gets an offer to um, go make movies in Italy. Which he scoffed yes. at first. Yeah. He's, but then he realized, I, I, where else do I go? You know, right? It's like that's money's money playing China. He, this was his China. Oh, yeah. Which you know, you gotta out, you gotta, you gotta make money somehow. You know, this, you,
2: they always spend it like they're gonna earn it forever. Yeah. And then the second, like the source of the income goes, they're just like, oh shoot,
1: yeah. I don't have that much money. This um, this is kind of like the third act. So the third act kind of is like where I felt like we got more of that narrator. Yeah,
3: the yeah, mm-hmm. and I
1: that was the only kind of issue I felt like that bugged me about was the film was consistent? like it's like why are we getting the narrator now? Like we didn't really get much of them in the first two acts, and but I
2: feel like they just really focused on the first two acts mm-hmm. on establishing the two characters, yeah. and then once we felt fully established, they had to go through such a fast paced timeline
1: to yeah. get to
2: like the end scenes. Right, so kind of needed. The it was a
1: lot of content they that they were. Yeah, he was trying to kind of build it everything up, introduce everything, and then it's like, here's the, the, the final act.
0: One thing I did like was just them being buddies. Oh, uh, yeah. Before they go to Italy. And yeah. he's like, well, I got a six-pack in the car. And yeah. they ordered
1: pizza, yeah. And then they're, wa- they're watching like the movie. They the yeah. Weird, weird,
0: weird. yeah. They're just like joking around. I was like, yeah. oh, that's like me and Matt watching TV here. Oh, yeah. On yeah. a daily
1: basis, but... It's needed. relatable.
0: Yeah, it's relatable. I was like, you know least, what? They got yeah, their...
1: For, for guys, yeah. A couple
2: I mean, of guys, buddy. you know that?
1: Just a couple guys just you know, <laughs> sip it back on a few s- suds. By the way, i need this acid dip cigarette. Oh, yeah. Girl. <laughs> yeah. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't smoke, smoke this one. But if you do, leave something and, for me. And you just know once he does that, that it's going to pop up later on in the movie. Yeah. But what did you he say? Yeah. Like he's like, my liquor don't need no company. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or my bubbles don't need no buddies. Oh, they said that's right. No. Yeah, yeah. My liquor doesn't need... Uh... Yeah, something like that. It, it was just I don't something know, goofy. It's so ah, I don't know, god damn it. So, right. <laughs> All right, move on. Move something on. in the he would
0: say Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so no. essentially they go to Italy and it just like it's a very brief thing the narrator pretty much speeds. up like, oh it goes to Italy, they say some of the names, and I remember one of them was like something dynamito. Oh, they had <laughs>
1: some like, <laughs> they had some funny names on those.
0: Yeah. And I just remember like like, I'm I, I speak Spanish and I remember, like, some I could. Were you like
1: some. slightly offended at some of those names? No. There was like one with a Indian, like the something red. Well,
2: there was the gringo. Oh, there, yeah, there's the gringo <laughs> one too. So yeah, no, was... we're
1: like,
0: a, no, a good Indian is a dead Indian. Like, yeah, that's right. I was, like, I was like, God damn, that's <laughs> that is the most 60s thing I've ever heard.
1: That is <laughs> so cool. Just playing
0: racism, like, nonchalantly. If someone if that came out today. A title like that, they would be tarred and feathered. Yeah. The only person that would defend it may be Jordan Peterson. Other than that, it <laughs> was a, just horribly offensive. And it just goes on pretty much one last heist. They're just going back and – One last heist, bro. One last heist. are pretty much going over an explanation. It's like, well, um, they're at the end of the road. And what two buddies do is uh, they drink till the
1: – Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's- so it I, and that's where I thought And that, and he
1: has the wife too, oh, yeah. the Italian wife, right? Mm-hmm. So he's done with his uh done with all of the movies that, in Italy, right? And they're they, like, and they're on the plane because in Italy that. they have the explanation like this is the end of the road. Yeah, but, but why like, why uh why was he getting rid of um cliff yeah why was he not he gonna be able to keep him, him? he had a wife now and yeah no, that's wife. right that's right he, he said he was gonna go
0: move to like some lake and just live off of that money man. that's because right. he's not gonna survive pilot season like he's truly accepted it because in the beginning he talks about that like i'll, I'll just wait till pilot season but now he's coming to the fruition like i ain't gonna survive it's like yeah. me when i realized i wasn't gonna be a football player like it, it, it just ain't gonna happen like, you, you were probably a lot younger right
3: tackle five foot 130 <laughs> hey hey he's got heart i'll give him that, that was a damn Rudy, good Rudy. yeah i wouldn't
0: become
2: a theater kid if i hadn't got shot down you know sometimes it hurt love hurts and love stings but love what i liked hurts. about um that airplane scene is it i don't know i felt like tarantino really didn't care too much to tie in a lot of duality into yeah, the film.
3: It, but then that's you true. see it,
2: like, because Sharon Tate walking through that same airport on the Pan Am flight. Yeah. In the beginning of the movie right. getting all the attention. and It's just like them at the end of the movie walking yeah. in. Yeah. That's kind of an interesting all this correlation stuff, and there. Yeah. No attention given, and Cliff just pushing all the luggage. Yeah. I Think Cliff was fine with that though. Cliff was just Cliff's along for the ride.
1: Yeah. Which... He was paying though. So.
2: And so it just yeah and.
0: It moves on to that day, like you see a timeline of like Sharon Tate, Sharon Tate's pregnant as hell with a <laughs> Abigail Folger, and I can't pronounce the Polish guy's name, but it was a friend of Polanski from oh, Poland. Oh,
1: wow. what, was, it, was or, something or something like that?
0: It's right um, there.
1: Yeah, I think you see it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For, uh, yeah I'm not I'm not gonna water. Yeah, I'm not but it was one of Roman Polanski's friends who was trying to make a career is in Hollywood as well. Yeah, and
0: he's married to Miss Folger, like that's right, of Folgeron, heiress of Folger, an okay company, company, but they make bank. They make they a do. lot of money, and Sebring, and so it just goes throughout the day, and it just shows pretty much Cliff and Rick having a good ass time. Like just one last ride.
1: Yeah. At the at what they went to? Did they go to the same restaurant? No, it was two different two restaurants. Two different right?
0: restaurants. One but, went to the LKOD. Yeah. That, that was
1: wasn't that Sharon Stone? That was
0: Sharon. That was Sharon, Sharon Tate. Tate. I mean, why? <laughs> <laughs> Sharon, <laughs> Sharon Stone. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> together, man. Come on. As he
1: is. Sharon Tate and yeah, that's all them. And they were kind of like kind of giving. It was the hottest night of the year, and she is extra was not. Pregnant? Yeah, extra pregnant. But uh
2: which. And her husband's wife. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Cliff and him were just drinking. Remember you pointed out like that's why the car wasn't in the driveway.
2: Yeah. They wouldn't have recognized the car because the Cadillac. Remember uh, they knew the Cadillac. Tex would have known the Cadillac right. and like, a couple of the others. Yeah, But since they had a taxi home, the Cadillac's not for, there for them to be
1: like, oh. That's right. Yeah, But yeah, at yeah. that
2: point in the movie, I was thinking – Oh, they're gonna go m- murder Sharon Tate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And but if they see that car in the driveway, maybe that will change their mind. Yeah. But that takes that out if they taxi home. Like, right. That was a quick little film job. But it turns out different. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> and so they they uh, go back
0: to the house because uh, uh, his wife was sleeping off her jet lag
2: mm-hmm. when and it was being protected by what was the dog's name? Bruce. Oh. Zach, what was the dog's name? Do you remember? Oh man, I that sounds right, but I don't I don't remember the dog's name. Uh, that dog is just like a character itself, man. Yeah. It was, well, I saw people talking about it how like nerve wracking like Brad Pitt laying out on the ground with the pit bull. They're just like, it was so nerve-wracking. Yeah. Because you were with the pit bull. But I had pit bulls growing up. Like, my dad had them. And I remember taking that. Pit bulls are seriously, like, if they know you, the most loyal, like, kind dog.
1: Well, and it kind of, we kind of get introduced to that. Like, when, um, um, what's Pitt's character's name?
2: Cliff.
1: Cliff. Cliff when Cliff goes to uh, back to his trailer by that old uh, um, outdoor movie theater. Like, that's kind of where we first see the them. And, uh, like, Cl- Cliff is very obedient. Or, I mean, the dog is very obedient to him. And uh, I, that was also kind of funny, like, how he would, like, pour out the can of, like, meat. Yeah. And it was, uh, like, even the sound of it was, like, Did totally. you see the flavors for the dog? <laughs> like, like, it was, like, there was a like, rat. The yeah, it was, like,
0: oh, that's this They really emphasize, like, that's the one thing. They really emphasize is the food falling in the can. And yeah. I remember thinking, like, when uh when me and Matt had a dog here, I would actually like like to visualize the food falling in the can for some reason too. I didn't like... didn't uh
2: Brad hit get him raccoon and rat food. What's that? Didn't Brad Pitt like taste the dog food too? Yeah,
1: but that, yeah, that's when that's, at actually, at the
2: house. that's like real dog food too. Because I watched yeah. I looked at an interview with him and he actually ate oh, real that, dog he food. He
1: licked it. He actually yeah, licked it. That, that's when he food. had his. That's, that's when he took his acid yeah, cigarette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the funny oh yeah, we gotta go back. We gotta, we gotta go back. We gotta, we gotta in- because right. this whole part is like it's yeah.
0: important. They,
1: yeah. they
0: get to they get to the house and so Rick Dollins like I'm gonna make margaritas. Cliff decides he's gonna feed his dog and take his dog in a walk and he smokes. He not
2: feed his dog yet. He's gonna go take
0: my yeah. He, he took him on a walk. Right, he takes him yeah. on the walk. He takes ass. That acid cigarette. So, uh, and, uh, so
1: that's when Leonardo is making the margarita. And the, which also, that was hilarious. Like when he uh, puts the ice cubes down and he's just like drunk off of his ass and he just like pulls <laughs> the whole uh, handle off of the ice cube trick. And then uh, that's when.
0: The loud Ford. It was, an, it was specifically a 1959 Ford Galaxy with Tex, um, Susan. Uh, Linda and Patricia, like these are all actual people that yeah. committed the actual murder show up.
1: They show up, loud ass vehicle.
0: Th- well, did you ever notice, like Tex looked like he was crying. Like
1: he was sweaty. And a little like, bit.
2: He looked like he had been like, you'd have to be a, an emotional and an awkward headspace to be to kill ready a, to do what a Oh,
1: sure. I thought the lighting actually there was like interesting because the lighting was a little different like with their faces, it like made them really look like sinister. and Yeah,
0: and they were sweaty. Because Char- Charlie said to go make it look witchy, and they're all like yeah. arguing about it. And uh, one thing I thought was really cool: Maya Hawk Uma Thurman's daughter,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, is, like
0: is in the movie. Like someone yeah. who probably grew up being around Quentin her entire life. Probably, yeah. Finally, gets to be in a Quentin Tarantino movie and looks so much like her mom.
1: Yes, yeah, she does. I was
0: like,
3: mm-hmm.
0: this—that's uh, what I thought was cool. And I just remember, yeah. let me see, whose character was it? The, the one that was like, um, we watched them
1: kill. Yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. killing the people. Where she came up with the idea. Yeah, the of toss
2: of the This like,
1: <laughs> cat. We're cat?
2: Give them one. Yeah. So let's establish it first. So they roll up. Rick's like, "Who the hell is coming up into my private driveway?" Because that whole
1: there? scene was hilarious.
2: Yeah, and so he's just chewing them out. They're about to like be he, sneaking walk up the drive Oh yeah. He it's hates
1: hippies. He, he comes way. out like,
2: in his robe. Turn that shit off, man.
1: <laughs> Get your <laughs> muffler <laughs> fixed and
0: get out. <laughs> he established he
2: hates hippies. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. If he sees a hippie, like he hates them. Yeah.
0: Like he just has a
2: No, but it's when they're driving back down, they're like, Was that Jake Cahill? Yeah. From Bounty Law. Yeah. And then she has the idea. Yeah. They've told they've showed us so much killing and we're raised on it. So yeah. let's kill the people that taught us That
1: taught us. Yeah. And yeah, and that that's actually in the actual story or the actual uh events. They did park down there off of the end of their FClO drive and walked up the driveway. And so like that's kinda Funny how it that occurs, and then they actually go back down, and that's yeah. how he makes it yeah, happen. Think that
2: was like my favorite revisionist. History. Oh yeah, he <laughs> he all. should, yeah, yeah
1: for sure, for sure. Yeah, no one else really does that. I feel like yeah. it's it, interesting. Well, does it well, but yeah, not to his level. So
0: yeah. they're they're walking up the hill, and Maya Hawke's character, I think that was Linda Caspian. I don't know what, who who was, but yeah, she so. pretty much is like uh, I left my knife in the car, and then so Tex throws her the keys, and mm-hmm. she just drives off.
1: Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> and then they're like pissed off They don't, they have no way of getting back. Like, oh, we got to hitch rides they, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll have to hitch rides back, and so it's kind of like their whole plan is like already starting to crumble a little bit. Yeah, and then, then it's we just get changed.
2: Cliff walking back to the house, and then we see Cliff on acid and That was like, oh, super okay. funny. Right, yeah.
1: He's
0: always moving his hands. Like, I love
1: whoa. like
2: yeah, I love this. <laughs> like, yeah, you're the worst. Yeah, yeah, he's like. And then he goes to feed his dog,
1: and then he licks the dog. That's when he licks it. And then, oh, you're just like, oh, I had to, like, squirm at that. It's like,
2: no, oh, God. And then that's when the Manson family busts in the house. Yep. And he's about to
1: feed his dog. And and I like how as soon as they, like, bust in, like, Brad Pitt's, like, kind of figuring out what's going on. And then he just starts kind of laughing, like, like, (laughs) like, is is this really (laughs) happening? Like, (laughs) what is going on here? Are you real? And, uh.
2: The best part, though, is Tex holds the gun up to Brad Pitt, and yeah. Brad Pitt just puts his finger gun back points it
1: hand. back at him. <laughs> I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's, devil's business.
0: I was like, because I, like, I thought of uh, that Rob Zombie movie, Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects.
1: I'm the yeah. devil. Come to do the devil. Oh,
0: man, about to rip yeah. off Rob Zombie says that. And Cliff doesn't think it's real, because he thinks he's just on acid. Yeah. Rick's in the bag drinking margaritas and listening, <laughs> listening
1: to his music.
2: Yeah. And and that's really what Tex actually said in real oh, yeah. life too, yeah. which is interesting. Yep, that's a real line.
0: And he just starts laughing. Rick's, I mean, cliffs us on acid, just laughing everything, and everyone else is confused.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and then, uh, did, is that when they like kind of bring the the other girls bring the the wife? Yeah, the wife there's into there's the room. Else
2: in the house. Yeah,
1: and they and, go grab her. But what happens where the dog uh, – where he kind of, like, cues the he dog goes, to go ahead and yeah, attack? He goes – Okay, yeah. Because they're
0: done laughing, making jokes, and he goes – And then the entire chaos of Quentin oh, Tarantino man. violence appears. Yes.
1: The it's like – <laughs>
0: he throws the can at the girl's
1: face. Oh, man. He messed her up. Oh, which, man. Looking
0: at it, that probably could cause some serious bodily damage. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. I've
0: had a can of, like uh, – Veggie hot dogs fall on my foot when I was at camp once, and that hurt really, really bad.
1: Was she the one too that was like the like freaking out like yeah. yeah, But uh because uh yeah, anyway. Tex gets his balls chewed. Oh, I that yeah.
0: And so, so he gets beaten up. Cliff st- st- curb stomps him essentially. He uh slaps around uh, the one girl that was flailing that I hit with a can. He gets and
2: stabbed in the hip.
0: He gets yeah, he gets stabbed he gets the redhead just tackles him, stabs him in the hip, and he just goes to town on her face. No, honestly, the Italian <coughs> wife punches her first. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: She's like, or one of them.
0: She's like, don't wave yeah. my wife at me. The knife at me, motherfucker. She says, motherfucker, in like uh-huh. a very funny thick accent. It comes from a family that like English is a second language with thick accents, minus me. So relatable. It was just super <laughs> funny to hear, like, <laughs> to hear that. Yeah. Rick's still in the backyard. And doesn't know what's
1: going on he's home. just like yeah it cuts <laughs> to him he's just like you know, singing along to the music in this pool uh,
0: so this woman breaks through the glass cause like Cliff passes out after he go- kills the woman that stabs him with a knife that's right she
2: grabs the gun but she can't see anything she cause keeps... her face is so messed up so mm-hmm. she's just running around with the gun going ah!
1: Goes through the glass door in the back yeah, and then falls uh, in
2: the pool and Rick's
1: like What the? She's
0: got a gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but fun fact we have to go way back because I forgot to bring this up is the flame Rick was thrower. in a, Rick, Rick was in a uh Nazi movie and he has a flamethrower and he brings and he's like, Who wants some fried sauerkraut? <laughs> <some> fried sauerkraut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, is there anything we can do about the
2: heat?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Thrower, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but yeah, he like keeps the prop. Like he keeps it's a real flamethrower.. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so Yeah. So, it would come in handy someday.
2: And so he
0: torches her, and that's that for her. And he's just confused about it. The uh, police show up. Well, he
1: saw her, she had a gun too, yeah. and uh, yeah, she just freaked him out. That's when he like dude ends her. Uh, defending, you gotta defend your
0: home, man. And if it's with a flamethrower, it's the, it's the '60s. Anything goes.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so, Cliff goes to the hospital, and Rick's like, "Dude, I'm gonna go to the hospital." Cliff's like, "Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Just visit me tomorrow. Go take care of your wife." The wife's talking to the police in Italian. <laughs> what? Just Wait, like, oh, take
1: no, he, he, yeah, and then he says she took five Xanax. She's gonna be out till like next month or something. Right? out
2: till Labor Day. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No, and but, then yeah. I like. I mean, I liked it at the end how Rick, like, they, or Jay is just mm-hmm. standing there and he's like, "Well, what happened? Yeah. Rick tells him about it, They're like, we knew you lived down here. Yeah.
1: He's like, and are you Jay Like,
2: Yeah. He gets invited up and it's kind of like, I don't know, I thought it was symbolic, like,
3: because
2: yeah. it was always like, his house is down here and, like, the upper better people or better actors at the time are way up here behind mm-hmm. this gate and, like the gate opens for him to like go he, like, up and like there's heaven. a hint of that he could have a career at the end yeah
3: the
0: thing that i thought was funny is like jc brings it so nonchalant like, oh three people died you are
1: he, he, like, kidding re- <laughs> he recognized the movie he's like oh because you were in that movie yeah he's more like fascinated by the fact that they live next to rick yeah, And rick is like you have a flamethrower
0: wow that's crazy yeah.
1: he's like uh oh, so is everyone okay and then like, uh, like, he's like well the like, I'm so sorry, not the hippies. <laughs> like Ricky even like joked
2: in like near the beginning of the movie, he's like, "All it takes, I just need to get to one pool party up there and get up there, and yeah. my career can like change again." And then yeah. at the end, he finally gets yeah. to go up there because he
0: saw so, he's like, "That I lived next to Roman Polanski for like three months. Yeah. That's the first time I've seen Polanski."
1: Yeah, like actually looking back at like this is actually a pretty like tightly wound film. Like it was like the storytelling was pretty uh pretty on point. Like. A lot of the things that occur in the beginning, they kind of almost mirror each other in the end. Like n- kinda... Not even
2: m- mirror. But, I love Quentin Tantino because like, it's not that they mirror, but they connect.
1: Yeah, it, like, it has a reason for yeah. being there. Kevin Smith's daughter was in this movie.
0: There's a lot
2: of, uh, just a side note,
0: there's a lot yeah. of really random
2: famous people in this movie. They probably got a lot of pretty, like, up and coming people who yeah. are like, I don't even care what you pay me. Just get well, me in this. Well, movie. they even
1: had Al Pacino and, like, Leo and then Brad Pitt. And then, like, after those three, it's like, yeah, Kurt Russell. I mean, The
2: dude, guy from 21 plays JC Sebr- or JC Bring. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. The yeah. guy from 21. Yeah.
1: So it's like, they had to probably be pretty cheap with the rest of their crew. But
2: those people are probably but, uh, like, yeah, give me a role. Yes. Any sort. Sweeney? Because it's yeah.
1: Tarantino, it's about the name. At that point, so like, and it's like, of course you that last look. movie. He's got one more after
2: Star Trek, but he's been telling all the press he's like, "I've always thought ten and done was perfect."
1: Well, he's, well so he's yeah, at he, nine. He's so also nine. he also so, he also got, said, so he'll uh, have one
2: more, right? He keeps saying yeah. he's done on like all the press I've been listening to. But he I don't. don't
1: he's just creating more drama. Yeah. He said that also.
2: Um, he because if you guys saw, he recently got married, I think last year, and he said he wants to have children. That's right. And he said he doesn't want to direct a movie past age sixty. And he's about. Yeah. He's gonna be sixty in twenty twenty three. So if he can make a movie, twenty twenty
1: three.
2: Yeah, in March twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. So he's got 60. a so he's got, so he's like got four years four, yeah he's got four years he can to make this last film i mean who knows he, he may not stick to that i mean and some people say that the star trek movie is a loophole because it wouldn't be a, considered an original film so he could make star trek yeah. and still do another film that would be I, an original
1: but i don't i think he should do a sci-fi but i prefer to see a, like him stick to like the original screenplay also jackie brown was adapted Believe, yeah, that wasn't was his it?
2: only film that was adapted with all the other yeah. ones are everything else was uh, a original, original screenplay. So and yeah, it was interesting to see the budget for this movie. It was uh 90 was around million. Yeah, yeah, 90 million dollars cuz I watched an interview with him talking about how much stuff they had to build. They had to build a lot of this old 60s sets. They had to close down <laughs> LA highway to turned it into a 1969 highway.
1: That's right. Um,
2: and Spawn Ranch, I'm sure they, I don't know, they had to recreate that. They, yeah. Everything yeah, was, that was done in camera. There really wasn't any green screen uh, that I could tell. But they kept it really pretty realistic,
1: Yeah, I mean, like, they kind of, I mean, they did it kind of in that same area, which it's like, you really don't see a lot of that, like, movies that are shot on the same location of, like, where the story is supposed to take place, it seems like. Yeah, so and violence was pretty realistic too i mean you, you don't
2: see I a mean, movie that... you, I, have you ever want what it would look like to have a can sh- like thrown in sh- someone's face well you get <laughs> no. to see it in this movie i mean quentin tarantino always has said that he he wants to see the violence he doesn't
1: want to shy away from it he wants right. to see what it actually looks like in film but he's also yeah he's known for like kind of going overboard like with the like where where to the point like where you see like blood just spurting out and it's like over the top oh, like the violence
2: when the two italian guys that were in italian they just like shooting, shooting hitler oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Face, like yeah
1: just, just turning to mush yeah. basically yeah
0: Wait, did, and- did Django? <laughs> if someone gets their ball shot
1: off <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah, the slave. There are uh, some crazy master. things.
2: That, I mean, if you look back at all of it, I have to, I'll have to look back at his movies. But did you guys notice yeah. there was a lot of – I think this movie was interesting too for him because there was a lot of references to his past movies in this movie. Like,
1: Yeah, which I was like trying to um, look for, but I, I couldn't like off the top of my head like really uh, – what were some of those, Zach?
2: Well, one of them would be the flamethrower scene where he's, you know, t- yelling – fried sauerkraut and he's like flamethrowing because there was a flamethrower scene in inglorious bastards yeah um i would say this has a little bit of Django feel because it has a little bit of western feel obviously with all the different um sets and stuff they had to do for those those uh old tv shows the right. old western tv shows and you can even throw in hateful eight there too because that was kind of like a western yeah, that was yeah, took place in the winter time but
1: but i mean uh, he's kind of always like you t- you kind of talk to him, like how he's Always been a big fan of like the spaghetti western films mm-hmm. and how he was always a big Sergio Leone, like, a, yeah, uh, Sergio Leone. And I think there's even like some kind of uh shout outs to him a little bit in the movie. Oh, yeah, because wow. one of like yeah, he, he sure. went like when he goes to Italy to like shoot the films, it's like the director, one of the director's names is Ser- the first name Sergio. He's like the second best spaghetti western director, but he had a different last name, so it's kind of like that's kind of like his nod to uh. Uh, Sergio Leone is like the best Western film director. Yeah, and,
2: and Sergio Leone's, one of his best movies uh, was Once Upon a Time in the West. and this Which, yeah, takes, where the title like, comes from. That's probably where this comes from as well. Yep. Um, another uh, nod to another film, I think it, it even had a little bit of Kill Bill when you see Bruce Lee, which <laughs> yeah, the they talk about Bruce Lee yeah. fighting.
0: You see them practicing fighting, or like the fight scene with Cliff. And like reminiscent of like the crazy eight eight, and all the shenanigans happened with that. Um, Yeah, this was a really good movie in my opinion. This was in my
1: like kind of like his least gory. Yeah, it really it really didn't get too violent until towards the end. The the last you know last scene. Reservoir Dogs, Django.
0: Oh, it's all just Grindhouse brutal. Yeah, death proof. But uh, Matt, where would you rate this in like your Mm -hmm. like my overall thoughts?
1: Well, what would you rank it in as like filmography first, and then uh, yeah, I guess need we'll to give our
0: his
2: filmography here is like his film right there.
1: I would say like from... I don't
2: think it beats Django.
1: Django is I up like there.
2: Django more, I think, but
1: it, yeah.
2: I, it was a different, completely different feel from the rest of his movies. Yeah, and it's so hard to rank his movies because like the best opening scene to me is in Pulp Fiction. I love that opening. Oh, scene Oh yeah, in yeah. Pulp Fiction. Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to write. It's for sure better than The Hateful Eight.
1: You didn't like The Hateful Eight? I didn't hate it. I just. Don't do that movie was like that. That's like my least See, favorite. Yeah. Out of I, all of them. I know it like wasn't as well regarded, but I actually like really like the movie. It's
2: stale at, or not atmosphere, but like setting.
1: It kind of takes place it in all in one, on one setting. It drags. Yeah. It does. It does so kind of drag. But it, it. it's yeah. up
2: there. I, I mean, I'm just going to give my overall right now. Sure. But, i love this movie because like instantly from the start of the film you start with like a clock in your head ticking down with suspense because you know Mm -hmm. the manson family murders are going to play a big role in the movie so it's like that's ticking down Mm. and i loved it how it he basically let it hang like he cut the string of tension until there was like a single thread left Mm -hmm. and then he just like dropped it he's like this is how it
1: ends like they kill them yeah a total I mean, new spin on this. It the was story. a
2: comedy like man, like he's really like going for comedy here. Yeah. And then that, for it to end like that I thought was really fitting. Yeah. So I I give it a nine.
1: Solid nine, nine out of ten.
2: Five out of ten. It was pretty foolproof. Like I yeah. liked it all the way around. I think
0: you, you can you go Kyle and then Zach will go.
1: Um as far as uh, on his list of uh you know his filmography I would – it's pretty high up there for me. Honestly, I think if I'm, uh, you know, being completely honest, I do think Pulp Fiction is a slightly overrated. Uh, But not that I don't like it. I just think it's always kind of been regarded as his best. But this is probably my favorite, man. I don't know. I did like Inglorious Bastards. Jackie Brown, I think, is an underrated one that's really good. Reservoir Dogs is a great beginner. So it's probably – it's hard. It's gonna be oh man he's got so many great i put it like top three for sure probably one or two for me
2: depends on the day
1: i mean and it's it's like you have to kind of wait over time you know see how like the movie like how how does it uh age you know but i don't want to be like a prisoner of the moment but i really like the movie like i said i was like i wasn't even born in the 60s and it, it just kind of brings you to that era it's like you're engulfed in it in the movie and uh you know it's also interesting just because i found like the whole story of charles manson and like those murders i found it inter- interesting to begin with and it's especially like how you tie in behind the scenes in hollywood like that's always kind of fascinated me so my overall view my rating i'll give it uh are we doing spank still rudy yeah of course. Why would we Bro, not? Yeah, spanks or slaps. Which ones was it?
0: Well, I do spanks. You can do whatever right. you want
1: because you're your own. You're a grown ass so, man. Okay. All right.
3: All right. So, all
0: so...
1: <laughs> so I think overall I'm going to give it about nine, nine out of ten. Yeah, it's a nine out of ten for me. I I think so far it's my favorite movie of the year, to be honest, that I've seen. What about you,
2: Zach? Yeah, man. Uh, This movie surprised me in a lot of ways. I mean, it's a great time capsule for the 1960s, 1969, because this is before a lot of, I mean, after this year, 1969, you got to see a lot of hippie-type style actors in the next decade, in the 1970s -hmm. and the 1980s. So this was a perfect decade I think or p- perfect year to kind of sum up what Quentin Tarantino's like favorite t- style of movie is but right. this movie had a lot of positives for me I mean the acting is is uh tremendous I mean both the lead actors Leo
1: and uh Brad Pitt are amazing in this movie. only Tarantino could get uh those two lead actors and
2: yeah in I mean, same
1: movie together and Margot Robbie is. and Margot yeah Margot Robbie yeah that's crazy yeah Yeah. i mean he's one of
2: i was looking at an interview with him about like uh if he's ever had any trouble getting people to come to his movies he said that has rarely ever happened because i think it's just people like working with him people like working with him it's rare that they wouldn't work with him just because of like scheduling conflicts and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing but he said he's pretty much had any actor he wants he gets um but he always has to ask, ask them and make sure because, I mean, sometimes he writes parts for people that he really, really wants. And then if they can't do it, then it's kind of like a problem. But right. uh, the act, I mean, this movie is going to get nominated. I could just already oh, yeah. tell. There's so many. I mean, the the production design, um, there's a lot of craft on display here. They even had a killer 60s soundtrack. And I know <laughs> Quentin, Dude, Tino, yeah. Quentin Tarantino likes to uh, listen to record old records. He has a, a really big record collection and just listens mm. to records when he's writing. So when he's writing the scene, he's seeing the movie and he's kind of watching what sound would work best for that that uh scene. So it's uh and there's so many sixties songs
1: and it's amazing. But yeah, um, I was like I was kinda like it kinda put me in that vibe like where I was like, Man, I think I like sixties music. Like some of these songs I actually kinda dig.
2: Dude, Paul, the
1: Raiders slap. Yeah. Slap hard and he does so much
2: research into this year as well i think mm-hmm. i had heard too that he was cuz there's songs that people are listening to on the radio and those are actual songs that would be playing at that point in time right. in the summer of that year yeah. and um and he and i w- watched a, a video of him also say this was one of the hardest films
1: he's ever made so far i bet they closed um, down that la highway yeah had to close it down and he said like they probably couldn't have gotten away with that now because of some of the restrictions that have been put in place like the last couple of years yeah
2: i mean they were lucky yeah he said a film like this would never be made in the future probably yeah. uh or at least oh, yeah, some yeah. aspects of it because <laughs> i mean unless you did like cgi and just recreated the whole thing but everything is right. pretty much done in camera here um uh, and this was everything in the movie was actual historical events, except for the revisionist obviously the history two obviously yeah, at right. the end, which is amazing. I've never been so like shocked and excited and kind of uh, creeped out by some of the violence there. I mean, <laughs> he, I think he goes a little bit over the top for me, but I mean, for him, probably not. If you're a fan of his, it's
1: probably not. A big deal but well especially like the girl running out into the pool like she's like ah, like screaming like in like her hands are like, up in the God, air like over theatrical <laughs>
3: yeah
1: but...
2: yeah and quentin tarantino has gotten in trouble in the past from some people let's say he loved his mistreatment of women in his films and so it, it kind of rubs people the wrong way to see these women get like beat up like that but um i mean it, yeah. it, it happens to the guy too it's not just and yeah, uh,
1: so uh, everyone's fair game everyone is fair game i mean hitler got his in it, his yeah. Dastard, yeah. so what's um, uh like where do you rank it as far as like uh, his filmography
2: i really love the kill Bill i just have yeah a, i don't know i don't know what it is i, I just think that's such a creative movie because he, you know he's in mm. that movie with herman's trying to find the Bill and each killer that she's getting closer and closer to Bill is a different type of movie. Like a Mm -hmm. different, there's like anime, and then there's like yeah different type different styles. I just thought that was, and so this one is probably up on the list for me, really high because it is so funny. There's a lot of stuff to like about this movie, so I would put it high on the list. Uh, I still love Kill Bill, but over time this could be my favorite. I mean, which is surprising to say, it is one of my favorite movies of the year. Mm -hmm. um i don't really have a lot of negatives really i mean you could say that it's too long but if if i watch it again and look back on it i mean a lot of the scenes that kind of just i don't know if they drag but they're but he's just showing that some of the scenes don't always uh lead to certain plot points in the movie Mm -hmm. like it doesn't have an overall narrative but it's also this fun hangout movie and so you don't really care you're just having a fun time along the way so yeah. um overall great movie i mean and if you look at like the metacritic and rotten tomatoes score it's like 85 percent on rotten tomatoes i think it, that it needs to be little, higher man it really needs to be higher right? but they hold they, up, they hold these this.
1: directors to such higher standards because of the fact of their like who they are
2: i always like to look at the score and then kind of see where i would put it. i would put this at least a 90 95 yeah. percent on there but i mean and then Metacritic is an 84, which is actually pretty good, really high Yeah, that's that's grade. a good one so, for Metacritic. But uh, what did you think, Rudy? I think for me, it's
0: definitely like in the top five. Like for like growing up, my dad really liked crime movies, so I I watched like Reservoir Dogs and like The Godfather and movies like that. So Reservoir Dogs is obviously up there in like my top five, and Glorious Bastards, in my opinion, is like my favorite. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino film. It's not his best film, but it is my
1: favorite. Even the dialogue in it, I thought it was just a, it's yeah, so I mean, such entertaining dialogue. It's
0: it's yeah. And then like I love Kill Bill. Pulp. I love Pulp Fiction, but I just feel like our generation has like gone the wrong aspects of Pulp Fiction, and like they dislike it for just because we have a, we live in a generation of very edgy people, and Pulp Fiction is just a very edgy movie, mm-hmm. but.
1: That's yeah mean well it, it was one of the first movies that like where they kind of had like what was it called like with the time like they uh it was alternating yeah in time and uh so it's like they had a really weird structure it, with it, it. does
0: but i feel like people that no pulp fiction is like that one movie with it with uh samuel, samuel jackson yeah yeah and john travolta but like it's more than just that Mm-hmm. And people just use it as an aesthetic more than like how like how great of a movie it is. And it's it a great is. movie, but yeah. it's not my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. And I loved Django Unchained. I like the Kill Bill movies. Jackie Brown's amazing. Hateful Eight. It it's a rough movie to watch, but it's it's good in its own way.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is in my top five favorite Quentin Tarantino movies, is because it it just flows so well the aesthetic the way they're able to connect history and the actors they chose just did so well and like brad pitt and is an amazing actor and leonard dicaprio is an amazing actor as well and i love both of them and it's great to see two amazing actors in a film together made by quentin tarantino
1: yeah I'm, everyone it seems like everyone's kind of like they're all veterans on this movie set like everyone knows what they're doing they know know what? Uh, how to get the job done. That's like
2: that's why I like Tarantino, cause Tarantino yeah. knows what he wants to do.
1: Like, yeah, he's like, exactly.
2: That's
1: what going to do. That's why people like working yeah. with him, too.
2: But. Yeah, he just knows what he's
0: doing. So, like, I would rate this probably, like, nine out of ten spanks on the...
1: Zach, what did you give
2: it? I would give it at least a nine, nine and a half, like Matt was saying. Okay, yeah. yeah. It, it, just the craftsmanship nine and the acting and the comedy. I mean, what? I, I don't know how you can really... Dog this movie or i don't i don't know a lot of negatives that you can come and up with, it,
1: with even if you movie. didn't like it something you should appreciate about Tarantino is the fact that he could you know make you laugh create suspense in a movie like you know action cringe like like cringe from the all gore yeah i mean it's just it had even drama yeah. western like he has like every he's so versatile as a director and he can pull off any genre if he really wanted to yeah, and it,
2: an so. interesting thing, too, about yeah. Quentin Tarantino, too, is he's one of the very last filmmakers that makes original content time in and time out, such as, like, Christopher Nolan. I, mean, I was yeah. looking back at some of the history, you know, of the directors in the 90s, and, you know, because mm-hmm. that was when Christopher Nolan had his first movie following in, like, the late that's 90s. In right, yeah. 2000, he had Memento, yeah. The, these filmmakers nowadays, if you have a successful independent film, you're you're shipped off to Disney to work on some type of Marvel, yeah. superhero chain. So it's like,
1: I kind of hate th- that. In a way.
2: So Quentin Tarantino is part of the era of directors that is. It's, Slowly um, dying off. It's well. It's like they're the only ones that are making original content, and they're right. not getting forced to go do these big, huge franchise movies. And so you got to yeah. respect that. And he's going to do it as long as he wants to. I guess. I mean,
1: well, only one more apparently. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. One last one I mean, last there's still,
2: heist. There's other directors too that do like original films, but I mean, if you look, but at they don't have the
1: name yet. You know, it'll, yeah, take time before we see it right
0: yeah yeah. uh it's uh it was good to see quentin tarantino come out with like a very good solid film um amongst a generation that uh has been saturated with marvel movies you know i'm not gonna hate a marvel movie since i'm a closeted marvel movie fan but it's good to see a good (laughs) to see a damn good movie like that come out and um you know, we need more
1: original stories yeah. and movies, like, man. Once
2: Upon a Time in a Hollywood... Well, that's they, why I like mid... Like, my other favorite movie besides this one is Midsummer so far. Yeah. But that's why I like that one because it's completely like, original. Like, my top oh, yeah. three
0: movies of this year are Midsommar. This and Booksmart. Hands down. <laughs> okay. I don't care what you <laughs> Well, I had you, <laughs> t- I was
1: with you to the last <laughs> I was, I was like,
0: if you say Booksmart one more time, we're going to knock your ass out. <laughs> I know know thrills no shows no carnivals no games right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah thanks a lot for uh, listening to this episode thanks to my many hosts zach thanks for coming on i always appreciate it um who's Yeah, ever man listening? i love it yeah uh if you want to be on an episode just hit me up however you want to hit me up this is very grassroots project
2: we just put out the uh, twilight
1: with uh podcast. yeah grown nope
0: grown up go subscribe check, to them. check out. them out they're, uh, they're, they're a cast of characters, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Have a great time
2: living. You should one? Could, um, could you do? Whoa.
0: Wasn't recording. Hello, it's Roddy Reviews with Rudy and.
1: Hi If
0: you haven't exited out already, please don't, because we're going we're to talk about a very mediocre movie called.
1: <laughs> don't give it away, bro. What's uh? What's the movie? What movie are we reviewing? We're doing scary stories in the dark. Oh. Scary stories to tell in
0: the dark, which oh, is well, yeah, the yeah, yeah. famous book oh, series.
1: Oh no, man, we already got the title wrong. This God. is not off to yeah. a good. <laughs> Doggone it
0: So uh Yeah Scary Stories of the in the Dark Is a book series That many of us May or may not have read When we're younger I know I did Kyle didn't
1: Yeah So I think it'll be good To get uh You know uh, Maybe a perspective Yours When you've read the books And how it compares And then mine Just A regular film watcher Slash yeah. non-book reader
0: uh, Just to describe the film It's just like Three kids Well four kids do you on, want to
1: give your overall
0: take of it? Uh, you know, it's like a quick overview. It's like three kid, like four yeah. kids in a town, being haunted by a bunch of scary stuff that's related to a book, and that's literally the summary of the movie, in my opinion. So, how would you describe it?
1: Um, well, it's it's a little bit of an adventure for these teenagers. It's like they're kind of, it's sort of like a another teenage horror film, but it's not. It's kind of geared more towards a kid audience. So I don't know that it's trying to be like a real scary movie, but uh, but it's kind of you know like warming a kid up to like the genre if they're not used to watching them.
0: I'd agree with that. Um, I would describe it as a mixture of uh, Stranger Things, Death Note, and the Goosebumps movie series. Yeah,
1: for some reason I kept comparing it to uh, the It remake a lot. I felt like there were times where it was, um, you know, kind of following the same, a similar pattern. No, I don't know. If uh, I'd say it was as effective at, because uh, I actually liked the, the movie It a lot. I thought it was a, just entertaining as a movie itself without even any of the scares, but uh, yeah, my overall take of it was that... It was rough. Yeah, I... I I was expecting to like it, I just didn't. I, I couldn't get into it. Maybe I watched it in a bad mood, but... Uh, for me, it was just... I didn't care for the characters that much. There wasn't anybody I felt like I could relate to. I thought they were kind of cliche. Uh, There's no one I was, like, rooting for. It was like... I could... I'd be okay if they all just died. Honestly, in the movie. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I just thought this... Uh, it just... It felt sort of rushed overall in the pacing. And I I think they're trying to create a, a movie where these characters are... Like, the central story all connects somehow. Like, I don't think they do in the book, do they, Rudy? Do you remember, like, if how the book was? Like, the, the short stories are, like, all separate stories. They're all right? separate. They're all separate stories. So it's these like... are kind of, like, connecting pieces for the movie to create a whole
0: you know each book each story, story could on. have been its own movie but that's gonna the, like, yeah so just to give an overview of the book it's like if you ever read the Goosebumps series it's like the book, scary stories of telling the dark is like a culmination of just scarier versions of a goosebump story it's essentially a creepypasta or yeah R slash no sleep, but in book form before many of us had internet, and that's how I discovered like scary stories exist and how to spook myself when it was just a young Rudy at the local library, you know.
1: That's right, man. Just getting your read all Gotta get my read all Get my read This book. I, ho- I hope this book inspired <laughs> a bunch
0: of other people to get y'all get y'all in the library and reading. See y'all in some goofy
1: book, jeez. Jeez. Or so. watch the movie and. uh...
3: That's
0: good enough. Yeah. So, um, uh, spoiler: if you haven't watched the movie yet, um, we're gonna spoil the hell out of it. So, go watch it now, or don't get all like get all hot and bothered when we re- spoil the movie for you. So, uh, you want to start it off, Kyle? What
1: are we describing
0: now? Oh, no, we're just through the plot. So, I'll start oh, it off. Yeah, so. yeah, it yeah. starts on Halloween, nineteen sixty-eight. You see, like these kids getting ready. Like, you see the main character. Um, uh, Stella Nichols, who is played by Zoe Coletti, mm-hmm. like getting her makeup ready because I think she's going as a well. I I I, I, I what was she a witch? She was a witch. The,
1: those uh, the, she had like the moles all over the fake moles all over. Yeah.
0: So you get t- uh, you get uh Ch- Charlie Chuck Steinberg, <laughs> who's just like the typical like guy. Like he has like a slight lisp to him. So he's just the typical teenage boy that just. Doesn't give a heck about anything. Aug- Augie Hildebrandt or August Augie Hildebrand. This is this awkward guy. He reminded me of Spock.
1: Spock, huh?
0: Like Spock. Yeah. I don't. Know, he just looked like Spock and like his mannerisms. Like, well, that doesn't work. That's not a good idea. Was, guys. was he
1: like the comic relief? Like he was supposed to be the funny friend in the movie.
0: I don't think anyone knew who was comic relief. I feel like. <laughs> This movie's so chaotic with yeah. who is what. Yeah. yeah, we get Tommy Milner who is just like the bully, and then you get Ruth Steinberg who is Chuck's sister, and then you see a deputy, and then you see uh, a, a character we don't know their name yet. We just know that he's not from town. He's driving in, and the sheriff's deputy notices him, and he's like, "You're not from around these parts." <laughs> and I got a feel of like the original Rambo movie, First Blood, when. Rambo's kicked out of the town and <laughs> which starts off the complete chaos that is Rambo but oh. this is just like a less violent mm-hmm. version of that and I just knew something was up just because of the time period. Oh, because I remember one part that I distinctly remember was a bunch of guys walking out of the U.S. Army enlistment office like, yeah, yeah! I'm gonna go fight them commies! Like, yeah! Payback time! It's <laughs> like, payback for what? <laughs> the Gulf of Tonkin never happened, bruh! Then again, Com- when Com- I... have been
1: running around too long, man. They've been, they've been running... It's time. It's Thanks. takeover time, Rudy. Fascism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then again when I when when I enlisted I was like, Whoa is me. Oh, Whoa is me gonna go fight. You us? always
2: have to yell? Why is
0: everyone screaming? <laughs> I just wanna so, pre- uh, Yeah, bad. enough of that. So. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, so uh, no, sh- oh, shit. Oh, back to the uh,
0: movie. What
1: are we at in the story? So we so just there's, yeah beginning right We just Halloween
0: see, are like, indo they're, they're introducing the characters, it's Halloween night. Yep. And you see Tommy's fishing poop out of a out of a toilet.
1: Now did they come up with the name Tommy from uh you know the other movie Halloween? Because the little boy was Tommy that she was babysitting, Laurie Strode was babysitting from the movie Halloween. Don't, think there's any...
0: don't give him that much creativity.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh we're into it too much. Uh, so Too much. Too too much. <laughs> So, I so I one of them love. one of them's digging like
0: uh Chuck's digging in the toilet.
1: For, typical for literal teenage guys, you know how they are. Digging, digging digging around,
0: around. digging for doogie. <laughs> God, if my dad called me digging in the toilet for human feet. Wait, why imagine? is he
1: digging in the toilet again? Because he's
0: gonna to I I didn't honestly I didn't know but I I'm,
1: didn't I didn't catch it. I was like, what the hell is he doing? And when his sister like catches him digging in the toilet, but uh Cause I was like who the hell? Cause
0: like they're that? no yeah. This is where the Stranger Things thing got, got me was they're talking to each other on radio. I was like, do you have the toilet paper ready? And they're all like yeah we do. He's like well I'm about to dig for them like, like I'm about to go get the rest of the stuff. I'm like what are they gonna, I was like oh they're gonna go toilet paper someone's house something that cool kids did. I never did that because I was really respectful. Of my neighborhood I would never do that. And people own guns in Kansas, so I didn't want to mess with either. And I just remember he, Like they I thought they were Going to TV At someone's house But He's fisting feces Out of a toilet His sister catches them was like, Oh that it? was why Duh
1: Because there was A prank being played later Yeah later. there
0: is Going to be yeah. a prank But I didn't really Know that I thought this was Going to be I, TV Yeah I was I,
1: Okay go ahead And
0: so they all Wander off And like ride bikes After talking on the radio With each other And I'm like okay Now we're all Going to become Stranger Things And just start Talking to each other On radio I was like Is the girl character About to use her mind To bend everything
1: yeah, I, and that's part of my problem with this movie is that I was expecting to like it, but they started comparing it. I felt like it was trying to copycat, uh, you know, a couple other things like Stranger Things was one. Um, it, like I said, and I didn't buy into the characters. And uh, if you're gonna be a horror movie, that's not necessarily basing this movie around being scary which I didn't find it scary by the way, then you need to at least make these characters interesting you need to make the story interesting um and I just i I was fading in and out like I couldn't uh I wasn't interested I wasn't invested enough in any character I had like that three out of
0: body experiences by this point in the movie
1: was the, which which part made you um you know consider doing a a whole uh smash shooting <laughs> <laughs> or Uh i'm coming out no 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 but none but uh not really it's a sensitive time right now
0: uh especially
1: after walmart i just i'm gonna cut that out <laughs> <laughs> that's fine yeah so. anyway, let's go let's go back to it so which part of the movie really uh made you just decide like I, I, what was the first inclination that made you decide I don't know if I like
0: this well I just remember at one point someone's laying a bag full of crap on fire and throwing it in someone's vehicle yeah. they crash and completely ignore the fact that this kid crashes into someone's
1: fence which that's a whole another issue that kid's gonna have on his hands
0: yeah like well first off he literally oh yeah Ruth is in the car his, and she's on a
1: date yeah so that's the sister of um
0: Chuck uh a truck who talks like this, and he's always super excited. That's how he talks. That's legitimately how he talks.
1: Yeah. No so, cap. But, uh they, they, uh... they do that prank. They throw a bag of crap. In this, uh, bully's vehicle. Who... That's another character I couldn't stand. It's like, oh, of course. Of course he's wearing that Leatherman jacket. Of course he's oh, making Of course he, job. like, is a just a complete psycho that... They show hitting, like oh, yeah, because uh, uh, hitting that scarecrow, like for no apparent reason, early but earlier in the school. like right
0: after he joins the army, him and his friends decide to start day drinking and just drive I'm like, over.
1: I'm like, is that what bullies do though? Like, is that what, <laughs> <I don't laughs> is that know, what bullies honestly, in the fifties
0: did? Is they would get drunk and it was scarecrows? Actually, thank you very much. Dang, bro. No, I, Vietnam War, bro for, bro. for
1: me, for me, I think Rudy is what I was watching. Quentin Tarantino's. We did the. A Once Upon a Time in the wet, or Hollywood, I guess. And then we go to this movie. And it's both in the 60s period, right?
0: There's a fetish for the 60s, bro.
1: But I was way more interested in Quentin Tarantino's version of the 60s than this version of the 60s. And I think I felt even almost nostalgic, like I said earlier, not even ever having been born in the 60s in Tarantino's. And this movie i didn't feel anything for it also i thought they could have used like more music from that time time period that may have helped
0: yeah uh, so they throw the feces at him he crashes the car they all dip out and they all run to the run to the movie theater where they meet up with uh a person just dwelling in their car who we find out his name is ramon rodriguez so they're all hiding from the bullets, so the bullets are about to, go, about to go molly rock all of them because they caused them to get in a car accident, which is mm-hmm. a legitimate thing to be angry about. Sure. and, and so they Plus f-
1: the fact that you have feces. Bad smelling feces in your It's been burnt. Car. Yeah, I'd be pretty annoyed.
0: So they all run to this car, <laughs> they open True. it up, and you see uh, Stella's character get interested in Ramon.
1: And I was like, ooh. This is the the one they just found in the the car, an the, open the car, car
0: at the movie the, the theater? Yeah. I was like, man, the 60s was such a cool time. You could literally jump in someone's car at a movie theater and it not bother them. Dude, like, I get weird out when people I know walk inside my house and shake my hand and treat me like a decent person, let alone a complete stranger jumping in my vehicle. But you see, like, that, that uh, Tommy's being nosy, going through and stuff. And he's like, "Are you doing in your car?" And he's like, "Hey, stop digging my stuff!" And I was like, "Damn, these kids are so comfortable, man. Like the '60s was a different um, time, bro. It's a different time, period. Different bro. time, bro. Like, but as we see, their worlds are about to be changed. As um, so Tommy finds him, makes him get out the car, and he uses a racial slur against Ramon. Which honestly, like, I didn't know if Ramon was Hispanic or."
1: yeah um i kind of figured that he was gonna be something different i felt like this was um i don't know just trying to touch on like you know social or political issues but it's like i don't know like why it's necessary for a movie about scary stories for kids I like, I don't know how it really like, applies. Like race
0: was an issue back then, but this is a movie about scary things. Yeah, so. I just
1: it, I feel like there's a time and place. Like you don't need to have that in every single movie.
0: Like if this was a movie about JFK, yeah, we're gonna be talking sure. about racial issues. But if this is a yeah. movie about scary stories, that
1: like this is geared towards a kid, like more of a kid audience, like kids going becoming teenagers. You know, kids kid, kids
0: being kids, man. Come on, oh my god. What the, what the- <laughs> so they're like they pretty much like oh yeah they're watching Night of the Living Dead by uh, George Romero which is a like st- right. a, a classic in the horror genre. Sure. And so they're pretty much like look scram and they decide to go to the house of a woman named Sarah Bellows who was a Ooh. girl who grew up in a wealthy family. I guess no one saw her. She was kept in the basement and uh, everyone in that family disappeared. And she apparently died, mm-hmm. supposedly. So they all go inside this house. Tommy and, uh, Augie wander off because they're two oblivious teenage boys who only care about goofing off, which, being a former teenager myself, like, a while back, I could completely picture myself being this stupid with my friends.
1: Dude, we still are that way. But yeah, true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so Augie and them break off, and then it is Ra- Ramon and Stella just having like moments by themselves and you can tell Stella likes him and Ramon may be interested or maybe he's just interested in like the squeaky house because he finds a secret door to the basement where Sarah lived and well this is happening um upstairs Augie and Chuck are hiding from each other and Chuck hops in a closet and Augie's like if you come out I will punch you so Chuck decides to hide and then Chuck opens the door a little bit And essentially he goes back in time And sees like one of the older family members And a very nice dog Like a very
1: cool. Oh but this was uh, But that was uh... So he's seeing something though. Yeah he's like he's literally first... having visions Yeah and He gets spooked We don't know who that person is Yeah because
0: like, the, the lady is, uh, I think was blind Or something right. could, but couldn't see But she's like who is that and the dog starts who's to notice. there yeah the dog starts to notice cause you know do- dogs see everything he starts sniffing running. you know he starts to peek his little schnoz schno- in <laughs> the schnoz in the schnoz and so he freaks out and Augie finds him just like a terrified Chuck which kind of weirds at Augie because like I don't know Kyle can tell when I'm pissed off which is usually all the damn time
1: the only time I know is like when you're quiet for more than five seconds yeah that's when I'm like okay something's off what's going on Rudy
0: yeah, and so, he's his friend. He's his friend, so you can tell when he's in a bad mood. So they go and go look for a... Did they go, or did they just, like, wander down there?
1: Ah, oh, dude, I'm, like, forgetting that part. I have to go back, because, um... Didn't they... They got away, and they, well, they, got they the, left, they, and they got, got downstairs.
0: The yeah, well, they find the book, and then they get locked down there mm-hmm. by Tommy. Tommy finds them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You think... Tommy finds him, and Ruth is there, and Ruth is like, that's my brother. And I was like, are we just going to completely forget that your brother caused a person to get into a car accident because he's kind of rude to him on a regular basis, which, which may, may be justifiable in 2019?
1: That's, that's where they try to make it justifiable in the movie because, oh, it's okay, this guy's a bully, and he's just a crazy psychopath who's probably just going to end up killing people. Yeah. Especially in the war. He's about to go to Vietnam. He's going, he's going to the war.
0: Essentially, this is this is a prequel to Full Metal Jacket. I'll tell
1: you, I, I think this movie was anti-military. it's anti-military, Rudy. It's I, anti-me, because <laughs> he, thank
0: me for my service. <laughs>
1: God, doggone it. God, God, no one cares about you here,
0: Rudy. Can you do <laughs> that? Oh, this movie offended me. Not really. This movie offended me by... Being bad. Just being bad. Oh. And so... Ruth tries to defend her brother So Tommy's like Fine Go down there with him Just throws his girl Down the stairs yeah. I was like How douchey Can you make this guy be Like right. You just wanted to be The the guy we just hate So much Augie catches Ruth And I was like Ooh Augie's trying to Start something with Ruth Since they're both Single Kinda And then That's when like Spooky stuff I guess starts to happen A little bit
1: Yeah me Spooked so, they, what's, the, what's the first monster we see in the movie? Well, we see like, like whole, a
0: shadow lady because she opens up the door because they're screaming for help, and mm. all of a sudden the door opens because. Oh, uh, no,
1: you're extra wrong. The first one we see is a
0: Scarecrow. Well, the, well, we Scarecrow, but the first one That's we see move movie. is the cerebello ghost. Yeah. And so they find that, and they go when they get out, they see that uh, Ramon's car is wrecked, or like. They walk outside, and they see his car's wrecked. Yeah, well, I... By Tommy. After, because, like, the, uh, the, like, Colette, uh, Stella grabs the book, and that unleashes the Force, because she reads a little bit of the book. Mm-hmm. And so, due to that, things start to get weird. So when they go out there, Ramon's like, uh, oh, I'll just take care of this in the morning. And they all know it's Tommy, but they're, like... But Ramon is very hesitant to report the so fact yeah, Tommy that...
1: Tommy Vandal. Because he knows he's going to get in trouble, um, basically, too. I yeah, because right?
0: Ramon's a draft dodger. That's the whole thing. <laughs> that's
1: right. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, Ramon's a draft You're
0: dodger. We'll to get into that run, later, but Ramon's yeah. avoiding the Vietnam War like many other people did. Mm-hmm. But he didn't make it to Canada.
1: Do we know what state this is even in, either? Also, he thought he was going to be a, you know, a suspect uh, from oh, earlier oh, yeah, the for, earlier altercation. With
0: Tommy. Oh, yeah, because, so, um... So Tommy runs off. Tommy gets drunk, and his mom was like, Go get eggs and bring them to some neighbor or someone. So he goes yeah, and Tommy, grabs... Yeah, when he goes back home and stuff. After, yeah,
1: he, he goes and grabs after eggs. After
0: a wild night out. Yeah, after a while He's like, Are you drunk again? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like a 17-year-old kid, like, this, Are you drunk again? Like, this guy's an alcoholic already.
0: Yeah. It's bad. bad so he goes, and get, he goes and gets eggs, and he sees the... Scarecrow, he was abusing earlier, and he starts walking off and he starts to notice something. Then he realized, Oh, the, the scarecrow is chasing him. Yeah, which was kind well, of entertaining to watch. Well,
1: uh, yeah, it kind of sort of builds it up as, like Oh, he kind of walked and then he kind of walked back to the same spot, and the scarecrow's there again. It's like, Oh, this guy's just showing up out of nowhere. Troubles are brewing. Oh, and so Ooh. while this is happening, Stella's opening the book. And it was like... Mm, that, is that when the words are being...
0: Yeah. And that's why I brought the, up the I brought up the movie, the TV show series Death Note, which in the TV show Death Note, it's an anime, which was made into a horrible live-action adaptation on Netflix. And if you write someone's name in the death book and how they die, like, how, like and how they should die, that is How They Die by the Shinigama. But scary... And here... They, I, I felt like a hint of Death Note when the the story entitled Harold is pretty much describing how Tommy will die, and so while this is happening, she's noticing this, and it just seems kind of odd to him, and so it odd like oh what's going on, and then mm-hmm. uh, Tommy is killed by the scarecrow, like he gets stabbed by a scarecrow and, and then, then turns he, into a scarecrow.
1: Yeah, so he starts vomiting uh, straw, right? Yeah, and becomes. Strong.
0: He becomes a yeah. scarecrow, but Star no one really notices that. So the next day, Stella is pretty much convinced that Tommy was turned into a scarecrow because that's which I had
1: an issue with a little bit because it's like, why does she just automatically buy into all this already? I mean, is it just based on the fact that they were at that haunted house and you know something occurred? Hey, man, and kids, uh, have,
0: kids will do the darnest things.
1: The, that's another part of this movie that just kind of bugged me. I felt like some of the acting was, uh, meh, was slightly overacting at times, especially with um, one thing you, know, will, couple of the main characters. One
0: thing you will see with this is like they start, like they show the name of the t- the title of the story, and like say a little bit of it, but after that you don't know the story. Yeah. So if you had never read the book,
1: yeah, I knew nothing about the book. So, so these make no works?
0: sense. Like, like there are scenes in this movie, like there's are small like the way they do it is like they combine three black like, stories and put into a movie but they like kind of begin the story but don't explain what's going on yeah like some of these stories there is a possibility like to defeat this creature there's but, no background too yeah like, there's no background gonna... so it's really confusing so you're like oh you gotta put piece together that
1: and uh one thing they did do is with zoe's um like it's her and her dad, right? Or always character, what? Stella. That? Stella. Uh, her dad, uh, which is played by uh, that actor from Breaking Bad, uh, who is Hank. I don't remember what his actor name is, but but uh, they try to build like some story off of that, which kind of felt like a half-hearted attempt at you know making it interesting or some like uh, sympathetic character. I, I don't know. I just uh, I felt like it was kind of, you know, just half-hearted, and it was kind of very.
3: Oh,
0: okay, like Stella's mom walked down on her. Like yeah. Stella cries at the movies because oh, are you going to disappear like your mom? Like oh man. Oh, right oh. on the fields. Why do you got to make? Oh. Why do you got to make Tommy just just the worst person imaginable? So the next day, Stella and remote because Ramon, Ramon stayed at Stella's house in her basement. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm like, so, if any dads out there, if your daughter, 14 years old, brought home a random guy... She's not 14, though, is she? Well, she's in high school, but... Well, she's like... If your daughter brought home a homeless draft dodger, would you be okay with him sleeping in the basement after...
1: (laughs) If he was homeless, it's one thing. Draft dodging? I don't think so.
0: And so, they go to uh, the, the cornfield to go find Tommy... And they know it's the police and that Ramon's like, I can't be seen.
1: <laughs> so well could... well they find Tommy, um his, it's his leatherman jackets over the uh over the scared. scarecrow. So oh, we could just automatically assume then that Tommy is dead because he's got that jacket that same jacket on. Yeah. And so I was like, "Are you kidding me?" That's I was like, "This is retarded. This is
0: the dumbest thing I've ever." <laughs> I was like, "Who? This is this is tomfoolery." So <laughs> oh the God. movie the movie slows down. It's nighttime again. Stella Ramon witness another story being written. And it's called "The Big Toe," and I mm-hmm. guess it involves uh, Augie.
1: That part was disgusting,
0: by the way. Yeah, it actually was nasty. Crazy. So the story the the story in the the book, I believe. From what I've read and what I researched, because I don't really, I don't want to copy of the book anymore. Um, the person, like, I, I just read it when I was younger at my friend's parents' house, and I guess the person, the original story is like a kid finds the toe, and like his, this too is family's cooking, but like in the in the movie, you like Stella's trying to warn Augie via the Stranger Things radio saying, "Don't eat the chili; it is bad. There's a toe in it." And Charlie, I mean Augie, just ignores it. Like any teenage boy would.
1: But. You okay, see what? While he's like stuffing his yeah, face. Yeah. The
0: thing is, Augie's like, who cooked this sh- sh- stew to his mom on the phone?
1: <laughs> and I was like, man. And it already kind of looked questionable. Yeah. I'm like, it's if like,
0: really? If you've never seen that pop before and no, don't know who's cooked it, why are you eating it? This is. I'd rather have a White Castle burger than have this tomfoolery. <laughs> and so he's eating it, and then you hear like, where is my toe? Or like, Stella saying, "Where is my toe?" Because the story is being written, like in Death Note, how he's going to die or disappear. And you just you see this ragly lady coming in, and Augie finds a toe, and Augie just much vomits and drops the food, and sees the like hears or see does he see it or does he he just hear it? He
1: hears it first, like he hears it, it and then he, and then it kind of starts walking. And like he sees, he like runs into the bedroom, right? Yeah. So he hides under that bed, and this is another scary part. And that's that? when the, per- the the missing toe person comes in. Comes, <laughs> comes and opens the door, and, and then just then we don't hear anything for a minute, and he's, so he's like, oh. I guess it's safe to come out now. He <laughs> just comes out. This assumes that, that it's the coast is clear, and then oh shit, no! He was under the bed the no whole time. Not. And then Pulls him back under. Uh, yeah, Je- and Stella and Ramon are <sighs> too late. It was just such a I don't know. These these scares were even cliche. For
0: that's what bothered here. me. I'm like, oh, he's gonna be. He's either gonna get attacked over the bed or under the bed. He just disappears. Like it, it makes no sense because you don't. That's that's what bothered me. Like they explain a little bit of the story. Like, if, if you're a fast reader, you might be able to read it, mm-hmm. like, on the screen as it's being written, but you really don't know what technically is supposed to happen. Like, yeah. Stella knows, yeah, and maybe Ramon. Stella's an unreliable narrator, and so at this point, there's something up. The next day, all the kids meet at some, like, abandoned area, and Chuck is there. Oh, yeah, Chuck has, like, been absent in this part of the movie. Like, if you were really close friends with someone, like wouldn't you keep taps of the radio too but then again if yeah, you've seen Stranger uh, Things not always
1: hey y'all right <laughs>
0: like like yeah
1: everything ten four.
0: everything everything good in the hood <laughs> and so they all meet there and Stella's like we
1: lost Augie and
0: Tommy like well we got like, he doesn't believe I'm it i just like
1: like why do you just accept oh he's dead it's over I'm now. like Game over. All right. All right. right. We got to wrap this up. Like, Get a film the spot. Her hey, pathetic. Hey,
0: Ruth, you want to hang out with us even though you were on a date with the guy yeah. whose car we completely wrecked?
1: Yeah. Like, I'm probably not going to, like, stay friends with you. Like, you knew I was, like, in a struggle. You're not even going to come check on me or anything?
3: Yeah.
0: Like, so, that's what frustrated me, man. It's like these kids don't really care about each other. It's so dumb. Yeah that's what frustrated me so much about this movie but would you go beyond that you see that stella i mean not stella that ruth has a zit on her face and she's putting like makeup on it and tommy like makes a comment on it and so like but it's so relatable to teenagers
1: yeah we have to have someone with a pimple too what what did it end up even happening with? Her? I mean she uh, she well, has it, it uh, I just remember like did it f- relate to the other how did it connect to the rest of the stories? Oh my Because I remember the
0: all like when they all meet up and talk about how they lost Augie, uh-huh. they try to burn the book and realize the book can be burned. Because early That's right. in the movie That's right. she tried to like return the book but it showed
1: it back up at her house. Mm-hmm. So it kept showing back up and then when they tried to burn it, it would not burn and it stayed continued it was in the exact condition where they found it it kept writing down as they were seeing the words slowly appearing on this page of yeah. what was going to happen so we see
0: that and you like you see Ruth says to know like she like wanders off to the bathroom or whatever and i didn't realize she so, was going to be in bye bye birdie which is a good song I
1: so yeah she was a this is a school yes, um, play a drama yeah like a theater yeah So she's at the school and they're doing the play. They're going to be doing the play and she's got this big old pimple on her face.
2: Oh no!
1: Woe is me! Woe is me! Yeah. So So she she has to run to the bathroom and she's she's like, That zit! I have
0: to pop it! That zit grew exponentially. By
1: by the millisecond. That thing was gnarly. That plot speed was amazing. (laughs) But I, I was like, oh God, please do not like like she starts trying to pop it, and it's like you see, like the up close, you're like, Oh my the god, thing is like, I didn't, like didn't know what was gonna it.
0: happen because I don't remember the story in the book. Like, I read yeah. this book like 15 years ago in high school, and I, I thought it was cool, but I don't remember it. Maybe
1: it wasn't actually, I don't know, maybe it wasn't in the actual book, I don't know. Maybe they just needed to add another plot. No, it's, it's, it's
0: in the story it is. I, uh, on Jesus, bro, and so I. Like she realizes it's a spider, and uh, Stella notices that that there's a new story being. After written. she
1: popped it, in, it was mm-hmm. full of uh,
0: spider. spiders. It's full of spiders. Yeah, spiders. But Stella it. notices this, so the the gang what the gang gets back together. <laughs> the gang gets ready for one last heist. Yeah, one last heist. So they run over to the school to find Stella like panicking in a corner. No, no, no. Wait. Yeah, because is she Stella- popped
1: it. No, Stella's not that. It's Stella that's the main one, right?
0: Stella goes, you know. I mean, they find Ruth panicking Bruce, in a corner, yeah. freaking out because there's spiders everywhere that just came out of her cheek. <laughs> Ramon is the tough guy over here and starts to pour water on her and fight her, like, to get the spiders off with her jacket. Yeah.
1: And Strong female lead, that's what we need.
0: Stella turns the lights on, and all these people are staring at this girl in a uh, in a corner crying with obvious bug bites over her but later on in the movie it says they sent her to a psychiatric like a like a psych ward because of this I'm like y'all didn't see the bug bites y'all are so stupid bro
1: y'all are dumb y'all, y'all are really, really
0: dumb really, yeah so the group figures out like something is going terribly wrong and is that
1: when they go and meet with the uh what was it the the, the um childhood friend of uh, Sarah Cerebellos? Um, it was a friend, uh, slash, uh, her mom worked.
0: Yeah, so Sarah Bellows had, like, a caretaker, and the caretaker had a daughter, so they go to the house of the daughter of the caretaker and talk to her, and they get, like, a little bit
1: of information. And she's blind as well, right? Yeah, she's also blind. So, why, so why is it that these characters all go blind in the movie?
0: Honestly, that could have been better explained, too. I just remember that. So. They talk about Sarah Bellows, and they're like, Sarah Bellows never died, or like, she didn't was it, she didn't die in like the house. She died at this a, like a, a psychiatric like, a hospital nearby,
1: yeah, yeah. M- men- mental health facility.
0: Yeah, it was, it was just like yeah. So they, yeah, she died like a in a mental health facility, yeah. and so they they decide to go there, and they asked
1: to pull up the records.
0: Yeah, because the original caretaker's daughter grew up with Sarah. But it was young a little bit younger than her, but her young her little mind knew, you know, this family isn't treating this girl right. It reminded me how the Kennedys treated that one relative of theirs. I don't remember her name, like they like gave her a lobotomy and she became a vegetable. It kinda reminded me because this the Bellows family was like this really wealthy family. Yeah. And they just had this one person that had a special skin condition so she would Need to be inside, but they took it to the extreme and just locked her in a basement, which is really rude. Her which, brother was
1: Ephraim, right?
0: Yeah, uh, and he was a. Was he a doctor. a doctor? He was a he was her doctor, which yeah. is a crazy part. Box so doctors
1: were stupid back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Apparently. yeah, but
0: essentially, yeah. So they all scurry off. The gang screws off to the do- <laughs> to the hospital to go talk, go see medical records. They just go up like, hey, we'd like to see some medical records for a person that's dead. And the nurse like, oh, that's all. We in don't the, give that out. it's all in then, the red room. And, and the but,
1: but they like they won't give it out. But then like, oh, wait, it's okay. It's been a hundred years. And then the doctor's like, well, it's in Duke the red room. Hide. It's in the red room. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, uh, there's HIPAA violations all over right there. Because okay. like
0: uh, Tommy, I mean Chuck talked about how he had had these dreams about this lady uh-huh. in a red room, and he just like starts panicking, and just, like scurries red off. Red room.
3: Red, red uh-huh. room.
0: Yeah, so they scurry like so. Ramon and Stella scurry off, like to increase the plot romance, and Chuck scurries off because he is being a scaredy cat and doesn't make the situation any better. Which they go down there and they find a uh, clay jar, Mm -hmm. which I realize jars of clay. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) jars. God, I hate you so much. (laughs) So Ramon is like, "Oh, this is what they use to record recordings on." And I was like, dang, this dude's smart, brave, and he is a draft dodger. Well oh, more he's my hero. He's the little Xan of their time. <laughs> little Zan. So wait all little Zan? Yeah. He's the man. Yeah. So they listened to it and it essentially uh the Sarah Bellows admits that she knows that her family own, like her family owns like a I think a mill pa- a paper mill plant, but mm. a lot of kids are dying in that area due to the chemicals and she knows it. So Ephraim uses shock therapy to mm-hmm. convince her that yeah. she poisoned the kids with black magic. Yeah. And so this is all a huge conspiracy in the cover up of this nineteen nine like the, this early
1: nineteen hundreds murder. But this could have been like this story right here Could have been its own movie. Could have been Brought along way sooner in the film, I thought. Like there could have been, you know, more piecing yeah. this, this together. But it's like they show this like part in like the last 15. I mean, 20 the latter of like, the movie, and it's too late for me to care. Honestly, I'm like, like what? <laughs> I don't care about that now. I and know. then while well,
0: this is happening, a new story starts r- being written in the book called The Pale Lady, which I don't remember this at all, and I don't even know what was going on. You just see. Chuck running around getting lost in the hospital, mm. and so they turn the hospital on lockdown and everything turns red, which is why they I, they did that. I don't know, but you just see this like big figure lady appear. It looks like a white Snorlax from Pokemon. If anybody guys get that, she
1: was she was a uh, pretty terrifying. That's I think that was probably the most terrifying. That was the
0: creepiest thing for me. So Chuck's and running nasty. around. Chuck's running around getting scared. And he's like every everywhere he turns, she appears. And I guess mm. that's part of her story. But they, she's
1: everywhere.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is, they don't explain it. You just see the beginning, and they're like, oh no, it's Chuck's story now. Uh, oh, you aren't going to try to help him or yeah. tell us is there a way to fight this? Yeah. So the lady, the white, the white lady catches up with Chuck and absorbs
1: absorbs him into herself, and that's it for Chuck. That's but that's just kind of like where this. Um... I take issue with, like... I don't mind them, you know, trying to create a whole movie out of... and connect the dots with these three separate stories, but these were not seamless. It was not a seamless uh, There was not a good transition. And I was like, we don't... There's, have no idea why The audience deserve off. better, doggone it! I know, yeah. So, I don't know. I just, uh... didn't do it for me, man. I, I no not
0: like it. The only thing that I left behind was, uh chuck's pen that if you turn it a certain way a provocative image of a woman would appear and that's like the one thing that we knew about chuck he's an immature teenager so um the police come and arrest them or detain them yeah um stella is giving a phone call to her dad and stella's like i'm sorry i wasn't trying to run away i'm just trying to essentially she could have said dad i'm trying to solve a case with my friends leave me alone
1: yeah it's the dad, they're talk It's like it's their last conversation they're ever gonna have with each other. It's I was like, like, what? It gave, you, like, it gave you that yeah, box. They're both like, just breaking down, crying like, over the. Phone. You're not
0: gonna go straight to jail. You're gonna go to court, or um, your dad can just come pick you up. Yeah. But she didn't want to leave Ramon behind.
1: But that's also where I like I don't buy into these characters' emotions because I have no idea what's going on between. Oh yeah, because like Ramone.
0: you only know like St- the reason why Stella wasn't home is because uh, her dad wasn't home is because her dad's working, because her early in the movie her her. her the Stella's like, did you work this much when mom was around? And he's like, yeah, it's called the job. Like, he just kind of brushes off because they're both about to start getting emotional start crying. Stella's crying on the phone and then Ramon reveals he's a draft dodger because his brother got drafted and he came home in pieces. Mm-hmm. So it's like an anti-Vietnam movie at the same time. And so he gets arrested for that. His name isn't Ramon Rodriguez, it's Ramon Mor- 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 Morales. And around this time, all the other cops disappear. And it it's one, excuse me, it is one sheriff's deputy, and I guess he hears a sound, and he's like, "Oh, it's the jingly guy." And I guess that's <laughs> the a jingly, the jingly and guy, right? That's all you jingly know. Jingly or jingly, Jang, uh, whatever. With that's the all you know. Jingly man, that's what it was. They don't even explain what his purpose is. You just know he's like, he his head pops in. Are they mm-hmm. supposed to
1: be figment, figments of uh, you know these are? It's a scary story. Characters' uh, imaginations, like it's a, it's kind of like how it was, like uh, like all of the characters in the movie had a fear of something. Well, with it it you was that, but with it. the
0: these are all stories that have become real. So no. essentially, this for me would be if Yu Gi Oh cards became real, or Pokemon was a real thing. That's what it was. So these are all stories and so the well the jingly Man wasn't a story it was a uh, it was a campfire story that his relatives would tell him but so this head pops in through a chimney and the cops like hell no start shooting at it and they're all freaking like he, uh, Stella and Ramon are freaking out cause like oh you gotta let me out please let me out and the officers quickly dispatched Stella gets hold of his keys breaks Ramon out they break off Ramon drives off to distract the jingly Man while Stella runs over to the Serabellas' home to return the book and figure out what is going on and put a stop to this madness, <laughs> and when she she gets there, and she's instantly brought back in time because Ramon sort of keeps the jingly Man at bay by crashing into a semi truck, which
1: oh yeah that's right.
0: sh- I felt like should have caused more damage. To both vehicles? Because like, I know in the 60s, there was definitely no regulations of safety with vehicles. You know, the, the kids ain't wearing their seatbelts. Man, these the kids do not wear seat seatbelts. There was a 17-year-old kid that was a drunk who was driving a vehicle in his mind. was <laughs> completely, completely fine with it. Yeah. I would show up late. I didn't have a curfew, but if I did have one, if I knew, I knew if I showed up late, my parents would be raising cane. And so, uh, Stella's pretty much li- like living out... What Sarah Bella's experience? is so she's running around the house and saying like, as I suppose being afraid of the family because the family is abusive of her mm-hmm. because they know she knows, and so she runs into the daughter of the housekeeper, but a younger version of her, and she points out to hides under the table, which I guess gave a connection that the housekeeper and the daughter both knew of the extreme abuse that was going on. So if he, and so originally. They blamed the mur- like the death of those kids as murder from black magic mm-hmm. from the housekeeper and her daughter, and so that's how they got rid of all the witnesses but- was by getting them out of town.
1: Were there kind of like um, similarities here to like th- were there mentions of uh, the Salem witch trials too in the movie something like that like it was kind of like similar. And so to, uh, that
0: time, sh- that's all happening, and she gets caught and thrown into the basement. And Ramon runs all the way to the house, only to be caught by the jingly man. They—it's just like Shoshana desperation. So essentially, Stella makes a deal with Bellow saying, "I will write the true story. I will tell everyone what happened. Please stop this from happening." And the jingly man's about to make his pounce on Ramon, and uh, yeah, everything ends. That's it. That's how. That's how. That's that was how. how it
1: ended. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. That's how that's it like
0: ended for the monster part, of it, but that's not how the movie ended. Right, ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: But for the chaos, that's how it supposedly ends. So after that, it's just like a monologue of her. Oh yeah. Well, no. The, the, yeah. So she makes a deal with Cerebellus to write, finish the story, and she cuts her finger and writes in blood the right. what really happened, and so I guess that cancels all the spookiness of the movie. <laughs> and so She's writing the story And then you see Ramon Getting on the bus Finally Accepting Ramone that He will be a draft, casualty. draft <laughs> he, he Is like He's about to be a casualty Of the Vietnam War Yeah Essentially it's about to become Forrest Gump And I, I was like Man lighten up kid You're about to enjoy The best time of your life Yeah If Yeah I mean... You're about to to live out Apocalypse Now. (laughs) You're about to go from one horror to another. horror! Yeah. Is this essentially like showing the Vietnam War was a true horror like an Apocalypse Now or just a very horribly written plot line? Maybe this is Marlon Brando's character. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So she... So Stella's... Essentially Stella's writing a story to Ramon and you can see Ramon getting kind of emotional. Oh yeah, like... They have all this emotional tension... And in the basement, you think they're gonna kiss, and they just hug. I'm like, man, come are we in middle? On. I was like, come on, guys, yes. we are in middle school. Come on, <laughs> let's see a little tongue action, <laughs> like, rookie. Yeah, and I just this was so frustrating. And do, do they like her, or does he? Do they like each other? It just really,
1: really. But maybe it's also trying to get like yeah, it's like that kind of awkward phase, like where you boy the, Bro, you're about to go to
0: war, bro. There's no awkward phase in that, man. You gotta <sighs>
1: get, hold their hand at least, bro. They hugged. That's more than the holding a hand, right? I don't know, man. I, don't know,
0: man. I, I held, I held one girl's hand before I shipped off, and yeah, that's about it.
1: <laughs> and Dude, you
0: get the butterflies. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And so Stella's writing this story, and you see Stella's like doing it, like narrating, like she's in her car with her dad, and she's like, "We lost Augie and Chuck, but I know we can bring them back." And it pans out to see um, Ruth's in the back. Kasema, she got out of the psychiatric hospital and it's her dad and they're essentially on a journey to get back Chuck and Augie and And most likely Tommy because he's dead too this whole town is ignored there's
1: three missing boys like, so, no one cares. Like So, yeah, we were kind of, uh, well, one of them was a dick, and then, you know, the, uh, the other two we didn't care that much about. So we yeah. move on. I was like, uh, it's like what is it, Chicago, serious.
0: where people die on a daily basis yeah. and no one cares?
1: So that'll probably be the uh, part two of a very unwanted, uh, you know, series. <laughs> this is about and That series, I at least want to see a part two of this
0: more than I ever want to see a part two of Avatar.
1: Why? Avatar, I did actually like Shut up I mean, it had Okay, the technology is not what it was at the time And, yes, it wasn't copying Fucking, uh Pocahontas Pocahontas? Yeah, okay, whatever I still liked it
0: I just like this movie could have been better if they just, like, separated out This could have been a trilogy From each monster gets their own dedicated story
1: Yeah, where they could have, like, you know, gone more in depth Yeah, but they decide to
0: vomit as much content into one movie Mm -hmm. in hopes it spooks a bunch of teenagers that I've yet to see. Because, like, like, there is – do we see a lot – do you see a lot of kids there when we saw the movie? No. Yeah. I feel like this movie – like, they're trying to be edgy for kids that aren't edgy yet. Like, when I was 14, I had already seen Cannibal Holocaust. 14 year olds aren't trying that hard enough because uh, uh, most uh, 80 year olds probably shouldn't see that movie either. N- no one should see that movie, it's not really that well made. But I'm a, f- I'm a huge fan of horror and for perpetuating the culture, mm-hmm. but I feel like this movie is not going in the right way because I feel like there's way too many cheesy horror movies that have zero, that have like not well written out plot lines, and this movie had so much potential. And it, it kind of it gave me a letdown, and I'm just gonna go right into it i'm gonna give this like f- five out of ten spanks on the Rudy spectrum okay because it wasn't complete like garbage, but it definitely didn't tickle my it, fancy
1: well it, that's the thing too it got it was well received by a lot of the critics and uh I'm just I was not vibing with it I don't know maybe I saw it in the wrong mood, but uh, it wasn't for me um I didn't like the fact that uh, these uh, monsters were seemingly CGI or computer animated some some of them it seemed like I mean it's produced by Guillermo Del Toro who he always has like excellent production on his films but that's kind of where it became disappointing because I think in my own head I'm thinking oh I can tell that this is not real so it's less scary to me that's how it comes across and as I said I thought the characters were just cliche they they were bland uh, there wasn't a lot to you know I've never read the books so that's coming from me and so I was trying to pick up the pieces and I was actually expecting to like the movie. I wasn't gonna hold it to the same level as you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or you know some of the other movies we've done more recently. But uh, I expected it to be good, and it just wasn't for me. I think I give it a four out of ten. Sphinx.
0: And just like I feel like horror movies just have a bad reputation. Like they're just like people like know the movie's about to be bad, and that's why they enjoy it. Like. I want to enjoy a horror movie, sure. and like for like its scariness. Like my top horror movies of today, like within the past few years, would be like Midsummer, Hereditary, The Witch, A Ghost Story. Is that really a horror film? Though? Some people consider it a horror. It follows. It's kind
1: of a drama too. But, yeah. Things like
0: that. They have fleshed out plots that Something are good. that
1: But that's also... That's coming from, uh, you know, kind of new ideas. And also, those First are all A24 movies. <laughs> so we agree we do, like, A24. Uh, this was a CBS Films uh, production. Uh, this is good. Man. Doggone, man. This movie just... Uh, I mean, one thing I, I thought they did get, do well was they, the, the set, you know, design was good enough. I thought the... Uh, the costuming was good
0: the costumes the dead definitely get the
1: aesthetic and the feel of the 60s but uh I mean it it was like when you have to start finding reasons good about good about a movie then uh I mean it's just you don't like the movie that's what it is that was what I was doing and so I discovered that I'm like I don't like this movie yeah
0: I wasn't impressed but yeah I just wasn't impressed it could have been a lot better so uh,
1: we'll see man, uh let's see Gamma del Toro. That's a director I really respect. I know he produced it and uh because what was the name of the uh, actual director? Um it was kind of a uh, uh, a oh O oh, uh, Overwood overda Overdoll. Over, over. Okay, so I, mean, I, I don't wanna play Andre o- Overdoll. Overdoll. Okay.
0: But I just feel like with this when it comes to Gamer Del Toro, like Gamer del Toro help Write a movie plot. I mean, a movie like yeah. a, a, a idea for a game called PT, which was going to be the final game in a Resident Evil series, which was a video game series, and that was terrifying. Like the the the, yeah. the 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 demo game that they released, that Kojima released for that was scary. Yeah. and I was expecting to get that kind of scariness in this movie, and I just got a case of the sads because it just wasn't a good movie. Like
1: it very sad. Yeah, it was very. Oh man. So uh, overall, our take is uh, similar. See we at both, your own risk. We both just didn't enjoy it overall. So you said what? See at your own risk. See at your own risk. Not not horrible, but we didn't enjoy it. Yeah. So.
0: Not as bad as the Den Don't Die.
1: Yeah, I'll get. I'll say it was probably a little bit better than that.
0: So I'm. Um, uh, yeah, this is about to end up. We're wrapping up Reddit reviews for this episode. If you have any th- any questions or if you want to be on an episode, uh, hit one of us up. Uh, this is very grassroots, so if you can get a hold of us, if you can get a hold of us, if you like this episode, thank you. If you don't like this episode, please give us creative criticism or,
1: or um, you
0: know,
3: screw off. Yeah. One so, of the two. <laughs> Whatever you want. Say Roddy, everybody. Roddy Reviews out.